Hey listener, I just wanted to chime in and say I ran into a lot more audio problems than anticipated, but I did my best with the editing. It is my first podcast, so I'm sure over time it'll only get better. With that said, here's the podcast. Welcome to the Video Games in Mind podcast. I am your host, Versadax, and today I have two people with me, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Uh, my name is Shree. I am... I'm free. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> local nerd. <laughs> local nerd. Okay. I uh, am Jack Zolo, but most of the time just called Jack because um, kind of a long, kind of a mouthful. Um, and I am also here to talk about the uh, the video games. The video games. Okay. So also local nerd. <laughs> also local. I mean, aren't we all local nerds within? I mean. You know, let's let's not label ourselves. Like, no, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I'm offended. I, I, Don't tell me. I'm so much more than that. <laughs> okay, so first topic: uh, If we were to determine video games need to change, what would we say that needs to happen? Now, this is the one rule I have with this because I, I every time I, I talk to this with people, it's typically an open-ended conversation, and I want like definitives on like. I believe this for XYZ reasons, and that's how it should be. Not, I don't think that's right. So you cannot debate the inclusion of specifically microtransactions. Uh, however, you can express reasonable prices, reasonable prices for them. So you cannot debate that there shouldn't be any, but you can say that what the prices for them should be. Does that make sense? Yes. And that's going to be included for DLC. As well. So we can talk about their value, but not about their inclusion. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. Fair Is enough. Fair? fair enough. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully I don't forget that. <laughs> I mean, that I'm going to shut it down, so don't worry. Yeah. I mean, we would bring it up and then we would have to like recess it. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably need it because right. I'll be like, Mah. So, so I, I guess the way to set this up, imagine there is a video games association and in specifically United States, we are the executives that makes the decisions on what should happen in video oh, games. No. Clearly, this would probably never occur. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> but in that scenario, what do we see now that video games should stop doing that should change? Or what do we see that video games should continue doing? Okay. Um, I guess probably the, I could start off with just okay. talking about um, more like the DLC, like the larger section stuff, okay. not so much like smaller stuff, but um, with a lot of games that include like DLC, a big part of, you know, criticisms for those is just the fact that they tend to split the community. You get players who have access to a whole bunch of extra content because they paid a lot more for it. And then you've got, you know, players who are just like, man, I don't have $15 to spend on a whole, you know, another expansion. I already paid for the game. And and then, you know, you end up with two sides of the community. I mean, that was a big problem with like, I guess, uh, the previous like Battlefield games is they would have like their season pass or even like Call of Duty games. You'd have an entire section of the community that was essentially closed off from other uh, sections. And then if there was more than one, like say DLC released at some point, like if you, I mean, obviously season passes are fairly recent but you know back in the day like call of duty games and stuff like that would have like dlc1 dlc2 dlc3 dlc4 and that's four different tiers of dlc that if you don't have that then you don't have access to those maps and essentially you're you're making the player pool smaller and smaller and smaller so i would say probably as a way I mean, and a lot of games are already doing this by, you know, at least offering uh, like maps and stuff like right. that, so that everybody can play with everybody, or at least, you know, access to that certain content. 
But I think moving forward, games should be pulling away from the season pass or the, you know, segmented DLCs just because it it's just really exclusionary towards, like, a bunch of people. It's like, if you don't pay this extra money, then you don't get okay. the full experience of the game. And, you know, if, even if, and if your friends get that stuff, then there's a whole section of the game that you can't play with your friends just because, you know, maybe you didn't have, you know, $10, $15, $20 or, you know, $40 or $50 for the season pass. I feel like DLCs shouldn't take away from the full experience of the game itself. Like, if they do include DLCs, which I, I think is a pretty exciting thing, that's not for some point, but it should not, it should not at any point exclude uh, certain people from getting the full experience of the game. So, you know, in... In, I've never played, what is it, Battlefield? Battlefield. Yeah, I've never played those kind of games. But, like, you know, it, it, it shouldn't keep people from being able to, like, play with their friends in certain things. Like, this, what Overwatch does with the skins, it's like, it, it's just a skin. Like, you right. can still play the entire game, your character just looks different. Um, and I think that's what a lot, of, a lot of video games that I'm noticing are doing is that they're giving you like the bare bones, like the skeleton of the game, but if you want the entire game, you have to pay extra. Yeah. I feel like that's a little awful. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the DLC should just be extra that are, you know, if you don't get it, then oh well. You're not okay. going to miss out. So then, in, <clears throat> so my follow-up question would be, in the case of Breath of the Wild, yes. something that, you know, like wildly popular, uh -huh. known by everybody, they had DLC for the first time in Breath of the Wild, in their inclusion of Breath of the Wild, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh -huh. And uh, so then under that statement, would you say then say that the way currently Breath of the Wild has been set up, even with the DLC that you know includes a bunch of other stuff, is it still okay? To, the, or is it not okay to From what I understand of Breath of the Wild DLC is that it's extra stories. Mm -hmm. It's not the main it's story you play it's with. So I didn't feel like that was pretty cheap um, okay. because it's extra. Yeah. Um, okay. And you know, I didn't, I didn't lose out on the main game, right. how much you had to do in the main game and how engaging that was. So I don't think of the DLC as like, oh man, I'm really missing out. Unless you're a really big Zelda fan, in which case you'll shell out that extra money. Like, <laughs> right. Let's be honest. But I, I, think, I think that the, the, the DLC argument kind of changes a little bit when we're talking about single-player games versus multiplayer games because sure. obviously with a single-player game you know there's not like what i was talking about with like excluding a certain uh, portion of the player base right. or, or, yeah. or segmenting right. and exactly. stuff like that i think what in terms of like doing single-player games dlc right it should be something i mean i think probably one of the biggest criticisms whenever there is a single-player dlc or some kind of expansion is it's usually you know usually if it's like single-player it's only maybe like 10 15 bucks at most and a lot of people might feel like that's a lot of money for that and they're expecting a significant addition to the single player aspects yeah you know so if i'm playing like a game i want you know a significant amount of you know side missions you know maybe a couple of new things to play around with to kind of freshen up maybe the old game the old like main story as well as like the new content um you know, and then there's also like smaller stuff, you know, that you can do. I mean, a lot of the single player games will add like smaller, you know, probably like freebie oh, DLCs, yeah, yeah, yeah. but for the most part, like large story content, which that's pretty reasonable. I think like, um, like Spider-Man did it and, yeah. you know, they did it, they, they've given out some, some free content and stuff. Okay. Um, but I heard that the first DLC was kind of right. meh. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think Was like, it free? No. Oh, 
Oh. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> but that's, that, that's the thing is if that's probably the other side of it is if you're going to be charging for this extra content, it needs to have, you know, a meaningful addition to the game, not just like, I mean, if it's like a whole other section of game, you know, like I guess like uh, The Witcher, for example, you know, where if, if it's DLC, but it includes like maybe another, you know, 20, 30, 40 hours of gameplay, you know, that's really, really, you know, the value there is just like really hard to, you know, outdo there because that's, that's a yeah. really, really good deal. But I think, you know, when it's just like, oh, yeah, we added like three story missions and like one new item, that's not really, to me anyway, it's not really worth, uh, worth, the, the, worth, worth, worth what they usually charge for that kind of stuff. I mean, I feel like that kind of content it, in that small of a bite size could be maybe even like a third of that price while also, you know, because like. So then the question turns into when, who, is matching the value of the DLC to like what the what the what the content is, right? Yeah. So in, in which case, if you have you know a game that's incomplete, in order to get the complete game, you need the DLC. Maybe the game should be cheaper um, to count for the DLC, and not a sixty dollar game and then a thirty dollar, twenty dollar, fifteen dollar DLC that completes the story. Or if you're talking about a complete game, then maybe charging the full price but lowering the price on the DLC. If they're like not big updates to it yeah and i would say that's also a really good point to bring up like i don't think that on a single player game dlc should be something you have to get to experience the whole story mm -hmm. if i have to pay another you know portion of money just to finish out the story that i've played like oh, yeah, yeah. you know 90 percent of the way through and it's just like oh yeah the final boss battle is i mean i don't think anyone ever does that <laughs> but if, if the Bayonetta games did that <laughs> But if, if there's like a bigger enemy and I have to constantly be paying more money to get like the next, like the, like the final chapter of that particular game, then that's kind of a ripoff because it's like, you know, especially if it comes out like one or two months after the game comes out mm -hmm. and assuming that it's not like a free uh, download just to kind of finish the story, right. you know, which I mean, why are you releasing your game without, you know, all of its story content um, intact, but then if you're also question. if you if you're also releasing the game that's not complete and then they're going to charge me extra for it then i'm just going to um uh proverbially flip my lid <laughs> that is uh that is kind of a uh, scummy in my opinion i would like to see i would like to see companies being a little bit more open and honest about that kind of thing too like if it's not a complete game like kind of Saying like, well, this is what we're going to be working on to to make it better or to complete it, or this is what we're going to, you know, hopefully be adding and stuff. I, I'm I'm a little bit put off by a lot of video game companies just kind of like not telling anyone anything right. or being very yeah. untruthful or yeah. purposely misleading. misleading. <laughs> um, you both said at the same yeah, time. <laughs> um, I, I think I'd like to see a lot of that too um, when it comes to like better video games because like when in the movie industry when they decide to green light a movie even before it starts filming or even if they before they get a cast you know this movie's going to be made right like you know you are getting this movie and it's ma being made right now but video game companies a lot of them tend to be very like shh until it's release day and then yeah, what have you got? Right. So, or, or, or like know, until like you know 
a month until the release. It, like, yeah. I mean, if we're lucky, we get that. Yeah. But, but you know, you get, and then you get a lot of people, you know, oh, we're, we're working on something, we're working on something. And then you have a bunch of people building up expectations or rumors, right. and they're not checking these rumors. And so they're getting out of hand. And then when the final product is released, right. everyone's like, well, that wasn't what I wanted or expected right. because you yeah, let yeah. us, yeah. like, come up with this full-blown idea. So if we had to sum up those, uh, well, we kind of hit like on three kind of four different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Essentially, uh, DLC in single-player games, as long as it's adding a meaningful part that is not, uh, I guess I, I like interrupted myself in that process, because it's if it's meaningful, but you can still complete the story without the DLC, that should be, accept- that is acceptable. And now in regards to whether or not the price of the DLCs, I don't think we can really talk about that yet. Um, but I do want to touch on that, but I'll get to that later. And then in regards to uh, having expansion packs or kind of like expansion DLCs for multiplayer games, one of the big issues that I, I, I didn't personally experience it when Call of Duty Black Ops 2 had multiple uh, expansion packs, there was a bunch of like, oh, everybody <laughs> and all of my friends and I'm a poor like little high schooler. <laughs> has this game and they have all this expansion pack and it was the it was like the first triple a game i ever bought was was black ops 2 it's a good game yeah it was a good game i, but actually, I, I, I actually bought all of the dlc <laughs> see everybody had it except for me i swear to god was anyway. the dlc just cosmetic or was it like no there were maps yeah they were maps. i think i think oh. there were maps and then they introduced one gun yeah, yeah, yeah. like it was the first time call of duty had ever done a, a dlc weapon yeah yeah, yeah. I, mean, I couldn't play that weapon even if i had to boot it up right now and it's okay. And then the last thing is that the uh, I guess the PR for um, video game companies are also singles. So on that specifically, since you brought it up, um, I I have a little bit of insight because I used to work in the game industry. But video games have design documents. Like everything that they want to build is laid out in text. You know, sometimes you know, try it on like. They literally get pieces of paper and like etch it out and see like, oh, does this look okay? Is this a, is this the playability, the functionality okay? But that is all done pre-hand and even like scheduling for how they want to do stuff, three to four years in advance, no doubt. Like you know what's gonna happen because I I remember going in there and I, mean, I can't specify which company this is, but essentially I was able to see stuff five years ahead of what you would normally see from companies yeah i mean so they're they're working on this for such a long time right and it's kind of like they have all this information they have all the design documents but then you know they never reveal it because i think that the you know when video games are being created they're like developers artists sound everybody they're all their own teams and the one that brings them together is their leaders and then the leaders typically get together and then talk about what they want, try to execute it with their team. But then there's the, I can't remember what the position is, but essentially the person that basically oversees all of that. So then that the game gets published. His job isn't to make sure like that the project game looks manager. Right. Yeah. His job isn't to make sure that the, the game looks good. The game looks right. The game is to, the game is released. And so that's his job. And him specifically is probably like one of the most difficult Jobs because you're basically managing everybody else's expectations so that they can still release the game that they wanted. Which ends up what typically ends up happening though is that when games are released in this state, somebody is discontent with something on their part of the project, and then features get left out. 
and stuff like that ends up becoming DLC. And that's where I'm like, oh, well, you know, I think well, it was it, originally meant to be a part of the right. It was originally product. meant to be a part of it, correct? And so that's they just so, charge what they were <laughs> late for. Are you kidding me? Right, right, right. But here's the thing, though. So I think something that we've seen before, though, is that Blizzard does a really good job at finishing polished products. Because even with Overwatch, though, the characters they give out—are you paying anything for them once they come out? They're completely free. And so I think in that scenario, that's totally fine. But when that's it comes to like other games where like oh we're gonna release a character that we're originally meant to put in here but we didn't have enough time to do it because of the like scheduling of our publisher (laughs) so i think if anything if companies were to basically say this is not the full product we had intended to play if you give you know if we were given more time then you know we could then fund it but but i think (laughs) <laughs> we, we had a little piece of like hair. hair flying around us anyways I think that if video games are to uh, change one thing how they PR is be open about their kind of design documents original intent yeah I mean I don't mind that you know there's maybe little bits of extra content that come after the game is finished like, okay, you know, I get it. A lot of video games are under pretty specific time crunches in terms of when the game is supposed to come out. I mean, obviously, a lot of games end up getting pushed back, and that's usually hugely upsetting. But I feel like maybe a lot of these video game companies are maybe putting their their teams under a little bit too much of a time crunch. Like, I don't think people would care. Like, I mean, they already released, they already don't announce their game until maybe, you know... I feel like a lot of times the games get announced way too early. Right. And if they would just space it out a little bit more, you know, just like say, hey, you know, take whatever time you need to get working on this. We'll announce it like a month before it's supposed to come out. Like, I would love that. <laughs> I, w- I would, I mean, it's always, it's always really exciting to hear about like, you know, uh, I mean, obviously a month is probably way too early because you gotta, you know, gotta get that hype train going. But, um, <laughs> I feel like with a lot of times these just it ends up more and more often that these games end up coming out unfinished because you know suddenly they're under these massive time crunches it's like suddenly it's like oh shoot all right guys you have one year to put all the pieces of this together and then they're like wait you say a year like we need at least like you know 18 months or you know even another two years and then you know when the game finally comes out you know maybe it comes out less polished or there's missing content or you know like in the case of like say um you know a lot of these uh games that have like maybe a side story or maybe the story's not the main part of the content but you know like for example like destiny uh you know a lot of the leaks from uh before had mentioned that um that the game came out and like it had to have a huge story revision you know and if there's like a huge story revision then that means that you have to try and reorganize all your content in a way that is meaningful and so i feel like a lot of times if there's hiccups they don't account for that it's like you know i know there's a hiccup but we still have to release this on time and i feel like that is actively making the games a little bit worse and that's why usually i think indie games tend to maybe come out a little bit more cohesive because they don't usually have that same time crunch because they're not trying to appeal a bunch of investors and stuff like that in terms of well we need a game for this fall uh 
So, you know, buckle down. And I know that like a lot of times you hear from like the, you know, the industry people that it's like, yeah, we've got these video games and like, if we don't meet our you know schedule, then it, we get in a lot of trouble. And so they end up working like, you right. know, yeah. huge amounts of hours, you know, 80 hours a week just to try and keep on schedule. And I think, I think that the overworkedness of the video games, you know, developers right. in terms of like these larger publishers that impose on them is kind of making games, I don't know, maybe not worse, but definitely not better. Right. So that's, so that's a big issue with, with like what their expectations are to get the video games out. My, my biggest, my biggest question though is not necessarily on the developmental side of the games. Cause like sure. that obviously sounds like it needs to change. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, stop, like, just make them, let them do a good game. But the, the, the PR side uh, of managing expectations for fans, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they've bred this weird kind of expectation in fans where, you know, once you hear a video game, you want it out right, right now. Um, and I think that's a little, like, unrealistic. So then they say to push their game, they announce it too early, and then they don't have enough time to finish it. So would it, would it be better then? <clears throat> To retrain um, the fans and say, like, you know, when a game is greenlit, this game is going to happen. Probably not soon. This is being worked on. So then, you know, the gap between, let's take Kingdom Hearts, for example. Right. The gap okay. between the last Kingdom Hearts <laughs> game and this Kingdom Hearts game, there was just limbo. And I just, I, I never played the games personally, but I know a lot of people who were like, where's our new game we want it so bad would it have been better to tell people yes it is going to happen we don't know when but it is going to happen hold your horses or you know release it later on after there's just this huge like stressful period for these people and then delay the game you know as they have been doing i think that retraining fans to not expect things nowadays would be really an uphill battle and I don't think that they could do it. Why? Not not be not Why? because Okay, hold on. I uh, stop. <laughs> Whoa, stop. Okay. I wanna add something real quick because I think this is gonna answer both of your questions at the same time. So what if instead instead of developers giving like I guess gameplay or no they can give gameplay. But I think the issue that we mainly run into is that the announcements for when the game is released comes out way too soon. I, I, I think I would rather, yes. I, I think I would prefer if Kingdom Hearts throughout this entire time <laughs> had just said, we're working on the game. And then like, with like, there has to be, I think there's a six month window period where they basically, when they announce the game, six months later, that game is ready to be fully featured released to the public. That's fair. And then, and then that way, whether or not they were working on it for five, 15 years, we don't know. We just know that they like they maybe they were working on it since two thousand, but would then they announced it two thousand nine. Would you like would to have known that they were? Working I would have liked on to know that they're working on it. I wouldn't have liked to know when they plan on releasing. No, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, that period of nothingness of just silence. Would you have liked to have known that they were working on it, or would you have rather have waited until they were ready to release it for them to be like, look what we got? I think. I don't like not knowing, but that would only be acceptable if the game comes out like almost immediately. Yeah, I think I think a big I think there's a big difference between announcing it early as like we're working on it and then 
like announcing it like right before it comes out because you don't want to announce it like too early because then you're kind of creating an expectation because usually when people hear that a game is getting made they have an expectation of maybe two or three years before they actually will see a but finished product. But that's where the retraining comes in. Yeah. Of yeah. just and like I, making it clear what's going on and what to expect and maybe even more. There is one thing I just thought of that might actually make this a bad thing because I'm sure there are a lot of games that started production and then somewhere along the lines failed and dropped that we probably never heard of. Um, one example was the new Silent Hill game. No, it's not like Silent Hill. Uh -huh. Yeah, the new yeah. Silent Hill game. Yeah. We got like a really good advertising for it. We got a lot of expectations of, you know, uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro was working on it with um, Norman Reedus and like everyone was really excited and then all of a sudden it's just like, yep, not a thing anymore, sorry. And I remember like a lot of people being devastated. So that might be like, that's like a counter argument to what I was saying before, but think, that might be like, another reason. No. Silent no, Hill. Oh, Silent Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, say, I mean, I think that's like an anomaly in like, the pipe works. All games are kind of like, it feels like whether they're, if they're going to be made, even if they're in the middle of the production, could be dropped at any minute. Right. It I, I, know, like I think that's definitely true for like triple A or like big companies where they like, well, we want to make a game, but we need to make enough money so that even if this game flops, we can make another game. So what can we do about that? And I think in that scenario, they basically said we can we see significant returns in this other game than investing into Silent Hill at this point in time. So whether they're going to pursue with the one that makes more money, so that in case something does happen, they have enough money to make another game. And I think I think that's that's where. Well, that does end up leading to a lot of really disappointing cancellations. I mean, yeah, I, and, I and agree. And then, and then I feel and then I feel really bad for the people who worked really really hard to get like to the halfway point, only to find out like. Um, sorry guys, we have to cancel the project. Um, we don't think that this game is going to make enough money. I mean, that happened with um, that Star Wars game that uh, EA was going to make that story-driven Star Wars game. They ended up uh, they ended up canceling that project in order to put a little more effort into a more multiplayer kind of you know the we live. See how service. well that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. But um, but that's that's kind of the thing. Is I feel like games as a whole. It's good to know that games are coming out. Like, I don't really care if the game is announced, like, oh, yeah, we're working on, you know, the next, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know, just pick a series, right? So you would, <laughs> so you would like to know in advance. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind knowing, but I just don't want to be set up for, you know, some bad expectations. You know, obviously they announce games, and it's really, really exciting to, you know, try and dig for those teeny tiny details that they may have they may have leaked. But it's also it's also a lot of room for things to go wrong, yeah. you know, for for projects to get canceled mm -hmm. or for, you know, right. studios to go through like, you know, a purge or something like that. And and then as far as like announcing release dates, I think like sometime somewhere in the realm of less than a year is acceptable because at that point, obviously, they can start their marketing and stuff like right. that, which is a huge part of actually making a game successful, right. is just being like, hey, by the way, did you guys hear? This new game is coming mm -hmm. out that you're going to love, and it's releasing on this day, so uh, get your pre-orders out, which that's a whole other that thing. That might but... be a good way of gauging whether people are interested in the game or not, is, is, is telling them when you start working on it, yeah, we're working on this game, and like seeing if people are interested or not. Because that way, like if, if, if it's really a thing of like, we are not going to buy this game, then they could cancel it earlier mm. yeah but I, I think that you know you're always gonna have the two sides of the coin there where it's mm. gonna people who are gonna be like oh yeah man really excited for this new game that's about to come out and then you get the other side of people who are like 
why? This game looks stupid. And then, and then, right. and you can't then, get an honest opinion. Though. Yeah, and then I don't just really, play the game, and you'll find out if you like it or not. Yeah, but I, I would personally be a lot happier if games. I guess for to kind of go back to what you were actually talking about is just the communication of it. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as like when the games are announced, that's fine. It's usually the communication of okay, this game is announced. What are we? What? What are? What are set the expectations? Right. You know. Okay. I, I get that a lot of content ends up getting cut or ends up getting changed somewhere down the pipeline. But you know, you can set a more broad expectation. You know, more than just like the genre or the general, um, you know, gameplay loop or whatever. You know, it's like okay, this game is a shooting game, or this game is a strategy game. You know, you could set like you know things that make that game unique. You know, certain mechanics that are definitely a core part of the game and you know the thing that would probably draw people into it that would give you a lot better idea of people who would actually be I mean because could you imagine if they released something under the Call of Duty name and they was like a real-time strategy game instead of a I mean which they could make that work I mean uh, but, but yeah I, I know that I know that that's not that's, that's not a profitable um it's not as profitable as like a first-person shooter right. would be. Obviously, real-time strategy has a lot higher skill gap. But I think that um, overall, when we're talking about like those kind of things, um, you know, I think that setting expectations, like if they release, you know, you know, Call of Duty, you know, you know, real-time strategy, you know, that would require you know setting some expectations. It's like, sorry guys, we're still going to do a regular Call of Duty game, but we also have this other project here that's going to kind of help us expand on. You know the thing, and it could be like some I don't know, I don't know. That that that's that's more like a just a or you know random like, example. Yeah, but. well, mobile. <laughs> How exciting! But are you but so that, that's, excited? That's that's we not the same thing. We know you've been thing. asking for other stuff, but aren't you so excited? Well, I don't I don't think people were so upset that the Diablo I, game was was announced that it was coming out on mobile. They were more upset that it was like the last thing that they heard from them. They were uh-huh. like, you know what it was? They weren't managing expectations. So what happened was they're like, we're going to make, they, they made it very clear. Mm, I don't know how, I don't know how very clear it translates, but they made it clear they were going to be making a Diablo announcement. And there had been overwhelming people wanting either a remake of Diablo 2 or a new Diablo game. And so they're like, we're going to make a Diablo announcement. And so people went wild expecting something and Blizzard didn't step in and is like, hold on guys. (laughs) <laughs> not gonna be any of this just please i think it would have been a lot better if they had been a bit more upfront about managing expectations and i mm. think i think that would save a lot of people a lot of grief if just no man's sky is another example like they didn't manage expectations. okay, okay. <laughs> dang it they Sean Murray. <laughs> yeah they, did, they didn't manage expectations and they got into a lot of hot water because of it right and i think i think that's a big thing that, that PR, I think that's probably the biggest thing that PR needs to do is start like Better pulling back really big um, rumors or because there are YouTubers, you know, to get their videos up higher, they're spreading these intense rumors that a lot of people are taking as truth. Right. Not that I think they should take it as truth. Right. I, when I hear a, a rumor, I'm just like, not going to happen. Just, <laughs> I know for real, it's not, not going to happen. <laughs> but a lot of people... Just believe it, and so when it's a, something different is announced, they get really upset, and it causes a lot of drama. So I think it doesn't necessarily like need to be that they have to tell us literally everything, but like, dudes, gotta manage those. So maybe instead of when they announce stuff, 
instead, if they get a big rumor, they actually kind of like say, "Oh, okay, don't, don't, please don't expect this." Yeah. <laughs> like this, this would be wrong of you guys to expect because yeah. that's not what we're. But there are ways to go about it without giving away. Right. I mean, even, even just being straightforward, like, "Hey, we heard this rumor, and we just want everybody to know." That it is nothing like this, mm-hmm. and that if you think it is, you need to stop that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. I, I think, I think I, for sure, dude, Diablo. I like. I <laughs> was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> that poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh my goodness, no, yeah, but I think specifically with the Diablo uh, announcement, it, I, 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 there's, there's no way that they were like, this is the right thing to do, and then they still think that to this moment. Like, come on. I don't think even Blizzard has ever known to release any mobile games until Diablo 4. I might be wrong on that, don't quote me, I, but I wouldn't be surprised oh, if this well, is the first game. Well, I think, oh, well, the Hearthstone, right. Yeah. I think another big thing with it is um, these developers are getting seen as really, really tone deaf, but at the same time, and you know, to their credit, people keep asking them to try new things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, every time a new you know, uh, installment of, of your favorite franchise comes out, you're not like sitting here thinking like, you know, I hope this is exactly like the last game. You're thinking to yourself, man, I hope there's new characters, I hope there's new mechanics, mm-hmm. new maps, maybe some of the old ones too, just like I feel a little nostalgic. I mean, right, right. Smash is actually a really great example because you play a lot of Smash. You have right. you have a huge amount of investment in that game. And would you have would do you think people would have responded well to Smash if it was basically the same as the last game? Probably not. Right. You know, they probably would have been really, really disappointed. And I think a lot of times uh, the biggest issue is that these developers seem to be a little tone deaf because they're trying new things, but they're not actually getting a whole lot of feedback. Like, you you think if the Blizzard had released a poll saying, hey, guys, we're working on a new Diablo project. What would you like to see from Diablo in the future? And they put one of the answers as a mobile game. <laughs> do you, how many are, do you like or dislike this idea? Well, I, don't, I think in China it would have gone up because China is right. all about the mobile games, and I think that's the market they're trying to. Attract. Well, I mean, they are working with a Chinese developer on yeah. the game, and, uh, but I think I think when we're talking about like their core audiences they're not getting enough feedback on future projects as well. And I think that's probably Here's, another big reason why that whole announcement flopped is because they were they were marketing it to the wrong audience. They weren't marketing yo, it to yeah, a yeah. to I, a mobile to, games audience. They're marketing it to, to like a PC games. To be fair, they did say there are other Diablo projects in the works. Right. And I think they should have made that a little bit more clear. Like I think they are working on something for PC Diablo gamers. I think I think like I think that that's a very sure thing. But because they're being so tight-lipped about everything, like a lot of people don't know that, and so a lot of people are just mad at them, thinking that they're only working on the mobile game, which isn't true. Right. But you know, again, it goes with that expectations things. Like this, this, and this goes to why I think companies need to be a little bit more clear on what projects they're working on. And like, well, also, telling people what, what's going on and stuff. Also, really, like, are you, to put it to reference, we really like hung onto this topic. I know. Well, I, I, and it, well, it's because it keeps expanding, you know, because there's a lot of things. I mean, as far as the topic goes, you know, what can we do to make games, the industry itself, at right. a better so, place? So, if we wanted to sum up what, what we've said so far, is that, well, what, actually, what would you guys say? If we were to sum it up, basically, these are, I guess, the Be- things you should follow. Be more fair about the price of your of your uh, um, game content. and DLC. Okay. Like keep an account like 
what you're giving the customer right. and not like making them like buy like an unaffordable amount almost um and being more open about your process like yeah. managing you know, your managing expectations mm -hmm. um, managing expectations and then you know is managing expectations probably the most important i one? think it is yes okay. i think i think it would go a long way um in terms of relationship just, with the customer yeah and the... yeah just managing expectations and then understanding you know that do you have to kind of appease your core audience before you start appeasing like a wider audience? I mean, I think a big reason why the the announcement was also such a huge bummer is it wasn't like, oh, we're releasing a new Diablo game for like console or something like that. It was we're releasing a new Diablo game for mobile, which I think it being a mobile game was also a big reason why people were so upset is because mobile games do have this huge stigma of being you know i guess pay to, pay to win well not well pay to win is one of them but also just like lacking in depth right. or or maybe just like a certain amount of depth that requires you know a lot more time investment um all the time you know because i feel like a lot of mobile games uh require you to like manage stuff rather than actually like playing the game mm -hmm. which i you're out of points. Got to come back in an hour to play again. You're like, well, you're, I have well, actually, an hour free. <laughs> I think that's. I mean, in regards to that specifically, I think it's on the developer's fault for not giving something for the players to do within that hour because it's like mm -hmm. you're gonna give your players downtime yeah. and you're gonna let them do nothing mm -hmm. or huh? or or make you pay to get or downtime. or make you pay right. right. But honestly, I just with the bad rap that mobile is not all mobile games are terrible, mm -hmm. um, but. Most people don't like playing the, or don't like, you know, larger games as in the format of mobile games, one, because controls are really, really clunky, and I think that that's fair. Um, but two, is just because the stigma of mobile games is most of them are really inexpensive or free to play, and that leads to a bunch of really um, just kind of chintzy uh, microtransactions and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, so people are just kind of like, well, I don't want to have to pay, you know, Two or three dollars every time I want to play more of the game. I, you know, I really want to be in love with, but I, you know, if I can't play it all the time, or if it's gonna, you know, burn my wallet to the ground, right, right. You know, I don't want to be playing it all the time. The and audacity so, mobile phones or mobile games have to charge customers a hundred dollars for certain packets, like. Oh. Ah, but I, what I, I, I feel, I feel like, a, I feel like a, the. Um, in-game currency that you can pay for is also a really bad thing, but we said we weren't going to talk about uh, right. their inclusion. Right. So, uh, speaking of mobile games, this is actually one of the topics that I wanted to talk about, and they are gotcha games, where I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody's notoriously known for random characters that mm -hmm. you can get, and mm -hmm. like it's based on RNG, and you're not going to get always what you want, but you have the potential of getting what you do want, mm -hmm. or getting something that's good, whether or not it's what you wanted. Um, uh, there was recent, recently, like recently in the, this year, a game came out. It was based on the, um, oh geez, the anime was called, Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you never heard of it? No. No, anyways, point being, it had a mobile game. And on it, it had some of the most reasonable priced stuff I've ever seen. Oh. And the most reasonable part of the entire, like what it was offering and actually, hold on, I take that back. The only, there was one thing that was reasonably priced, and I was really like surprised to see this. It was for $6 for that entire month, for every day that you log into the game, you get the in-game currency. Yeah. And so it was like 10, but like, you know, 10 throughout through 30 days is 300. 
a game I play called Fused or Merge Dragons does the same thing. Does the same thing? Yeah, and, and I, it's very, it's that, like three bucks and you get Yeah, like, three to six bucks, like less yeah. than less than like ten. Yeah. Less than ten bucks? Yes. I think it's reasonable for a mobile game. Yeah. If it's, it's, it's like, you know, hey, if you want to invest time into this, like, here is the... And then because they, they were very specific because they said, um, if you don't log in, then you don't get the yes. bonus, right? So you and have so, to be so you have active. To be active. Yeah, yeah. And, that's um, very fair. Yeah. And actually, um, going on that, as far as like a non-mobile game that has something kind of similar, mm. um, For Honor has their champion status that you can uh, pay more for, um, and if you get that, you can now. The cool thing about the champion status is you can pay like real money for it, but you can also um, earn up enough of the in-game currency steal and actually buy champion status for uh you know a couple of days or a day or a month even um and with that with that you actually get extra character experience you earn more rewards and you also earn a little bit more of the currency you just spent so if you play the game a lot and you're getting that currency which you use the currency mostly to just buy so i want to be very specific how much do you mean play the game a lot well i mean if you if you play the game I would say daily, or at least, or at least several times a week, because you can unlock. Because the, the the best way to earn the in-game currency and rewards is to to play the game with, uh, you know, and completing all of like the weekly and daily objectives. Mm -hmm. You know, if you do that over the course of you know a couple of days to throughout the week, then you very quickly okay. earn you know more of that currency back. And you know, if you really want to level grind, then the champion status helps. Um, plus, you know, it helps because there's other ways to spend that money that you're earning back because you can earn like in-game boost that, you know, progressively get more expensive so you can't constantly in-game boost. But um, there's just a lot of there that really makes it worth it. And you can spend that money for, right. you know, actually just buying it outright. But if you can earn it, that's also really, really awesome. Just kind of like earning your next month worth of, uh, you know, uh, you know, exp improved rewards and you know greater character XP. That's actually really not that bad of a system. Um, so I mean, I just wanted to kind of say a game that does something very similar in that it gives you a boost and that there's not like that's actually another thing is like one one in-game currency, not two or three. Oh, like yeah. there shouldn't be like I really hate games that do like premium currency oh. and then like like your standard currency. It's like well, you know, you know, you earn lots of this regular currency, but it's not quite premium currency. Yeah. And then, you want this nice one? You gotta have this kind of currency. Yeah. And and that weird. Like, weird. <laughs> I mean, considering this currency isn't real, like it's just. Uh, but that's again going into okay. that other topic. So I think on that note, if there was another thing I wanted to change, uh, uh, on top of like you know the prices for uh, you know over a month, like less than ten dollars, they give you something every day you log in. Mm -hmm. I would also like to see. Uh, exchanging being able to actually exchange in-game and premium currency regardless of you know, like you know oh you can't get premium unless you pay like i have all this like in-game currency that i can't do anything with because i played the game so much that there's nothing else for me to do with it uh -huh. and now we just transfer it over to premium currency well to be fair they probably don't do that way because a lot of times then that leads to people trying to exploit um, methods for getting in games regular currency in order to get like the premium currency and but it's it's already in game currency. It's well, I mean, like which kind of currency? So yes, like, but so if, like, if, you know, if, if points, it ruins their monetization model, then I mean, why have a premium currency if they could just earn I mean, all the premium? I would rather I, why? I would rather them 
I would rather us exploit the game and then exploit our wallets. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm saying from their perspective, why would you? Why would you have a game that has, uh, you know, premium currency if they could just earn the premium currency for the regular gameplay? And you know, because then no one would buy it because they would just play the game more unless they really wanted to get like that small bit of the boost. And also, you know, it would lead to people I don't trying see... to exploit. You know, I don't see how I, I, that's I, exploiting. You're working hard for something. And regardless, well, I'm of not like, talking about like actually like playing the game. I'm talking about people like cheating or how or would cheating. they cheat? So give me an example of like well, how like like say there was a way to grind for the in-game currency. You know, yeah. no, nothing, nothing like you just kind of like or you find so like you're an working hard for the in-game currency. You're playing the game. You're working hard. You're earning you're, you're the using currency. Your, your your phone. I, I'm, sa I'm saying if somebody found a way around, you but, know, but having to work hard for that currency. How? I don't know. Item duplication glitches, or well, that's I mean that, that stuff goes like that. The, that goes against the the, the terms yeah. of services. But like for people who are actually working hard to get the in-game currency, if they earn like a hundred of the in-game currency points, and you get fifty points of premium for that hundred, or maybe less, then it's your choice. You know, yeah, and I'm... you can work super duper hard instead of spending your money. You work super duper hard to get that item that you really, really wanted. Yeah, I mean, I think and, that's fair. But I mean, if that, that's the case, then why not just have it all be the same currency? Exactly. Yeah. That's, right. That's, well, this that's, is that's this right. is specifically to like, well, we can't do anything about it because every king and their mother is yeah. If they do currency. it because so they want more money to alleviate what's already the problem, I would add this information. And like League of Legends actually did this. Well, they have. The, the two types of points, but um, a lot of times what happens is that uh, the, there was like multiple types of currencies, like other than the premium and then the, I can't remember what they're actually called before, but now they're like crystals and whatnot. And, now, and then they, now they ran into the other issue where it's like, now there's orange crystals and then blue crystals and uh, that is frustrating, but I think that, but the system that they have implemented at least lets you transfer what type of crystal you have oh, depending on what you do. So I'm playing I, in a mobile game right now that has five different kind of currencies. That's disgusting. And I'm just like, what the heck? I'm like, <laughs> actually <laughs> disgusting. Like, actually yeah. pretty Although I think that's another, I mean, not not just from a monetization, like not talking about that specific currency, but a lot of games, like for example, um, like say Destiny has got like so many different currencies. I mean, you've got Glimmer, you've got Shards, I mean, in the first game, you have like modes, and then there's little talismans and stuff like that. There's so many forms of currency in that game, and a lot of it's you know exchangeable at a certain rate. But I'm just it's just a pain in the neck to manage. I mean, even if it's not all premium currency, I mean, although Destiny does have its own premium currency. Right. Um, sure. Uh, actually, actually, it's got weird. It's weird because it's got a premium currency that you pay for and a premium currency that you get for dismantling uh, stuff, so that you can buy slipped items in a given week because they change. But, you know, there's just way too many. In fact, uh, that's actually a problem that a lot of games will do is it's just there's too many currencies. You know, like, standardize your stuff. I mean, what would be so bad? I mean, now you have to do different activities to earn different currencies. And I can see, I can see how it seems cheap and it, it, you know what they're doing. Like, they're trying to be like 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 sneaky and clever like oh yeah no 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 we're just doing this to like make it easier like no you're doing it to make money like you're doing it because like you're trying to find the cheapest way to get more money out of us and that's exactly what this is i think that's why i have such a problem with it is because it's not really affecting or being a legitimate addition to the game that's making the game better it's just 
giving you more money. Right. And I, I think that's why I have such a problem with it. It's, it's just not treating us like with respect in a, in a sense. They're treating yeah. us like wallets, which, which I guess we are, but like, <laughs> but a wallet with legs. <laughs> but it'd be nice to be treated. Good like intentions that. is still still meaningful to just wallets. Although I think yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think yeah. we're honestly with 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 talking about these proven currencies, we are kind of getting into the topic of whether or not they should be included as microtransactions at all. So I think that this is a little bit out breaking the rules. I mean, I was saying that if they should just be. Oh yeah, I mean, like there's yeah. nothing wrong with microtransactions. <laughs> like I, I, I definitely don't think there's anything wrong with microtransactions. I think, but I think, I think I, that there needs to be I a way to do them. Yes, exactly. Which is actually the like, thing that I'm fine with it like, when I'm playing. What if a game, it was like a cent? No, that's not fair. No, wait, wait, wait. A cent. What if it was a cent? Cool. Right, but then would you then want to spend money on it? Yeah, well, I'd want to spend money. If I like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm playing a game, if I'm playing a mobile game, even if one I just picked up and I've been playing it steadily for like a week or two or even a month, then I'm like, you know what? I'm playing this game. I'm enjoying this game. I thought they worked really hard. Here's three bucks. You know? And I might, like, it's, 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 you know, you're buying pixels. Like, well, I'm, Giving them a tip, essentially, for making a game that I took enjoyment out of. That's how I feel about my. I don't think people have a problem with you know support, especially because a lot of mobile games are free. Yeah. You know, if 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 I'm playing a mobile game, it's free. Like any any money I spend is something that I'm like, you know what, this is worth three dollars. I've gotten three dollars worth of value out of this. Sure, here's three dollars or five dollars or you know maybe even like ten dollars. But but I think that there's a certain point of like diminishing returns, like. Okay, your game is free, but if all of your, you know, your booster packs or your, uh, you know, your your in-game currency prices are, you know, through the roof, it's like if you want five hundred, you want five hundred diamonds, you have to pay five bucks. And I'm like, whoa, there, calm down. Like, and then you know, the five hundred diamonds only gets you like maybe like two boxes or something like that, or you know, something like that. And then it's like, or buy this character for a hundred dollars, which I have seen, and I'm just like, what? Or 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 just like oh yeah this this is a teeny tiny bit of content here's you know you want to buy this for you know something like that then at that point I'm like well okay your game is free but you know I don't think that the value here is even worth it unless this unless what the so the game by itself should have merit as a free product okay in terms in terms of value like if the game isn't fun or if the game is bull or not like if it's fun or it's boring um if but if there's not a whole lot to do or if you know there's no real reason for me to invest time in it as a standalone thing why would i spend money on it like like that's why i don't usually um play like a lot of mobile games because usually they require me to invest a lot more money to get a decent game Mm. you know it's like oh yeah well i mean sure this is a complete game but you know you're not gonna have fun with it unless you spend you know Oh, 10 or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know 10 bucks in just like some a couple of extra in-game boosters or something like that to give you a head a, a, a little bit of an edge even if they're like single player and i think that's probably the biggest issue with the mobile games is they end up doing these kind of monetization schemes where the game isn't good unless you're getting those here's uh, the tricky part of all this and then they make them ridiculously they priced. wouldn't be doing this if it's not working there is so here here's here's this the tragic part of all of this is we might disagree with a lot of the things that mobile games are doing or a lot of the things that games are doing a lot of people might disagree with them but games wouldn't be doing these if people aren't paying for them so i what i have to say to that is 
it is a select group of gamers. Well, them too. But not only them, but people that just have atrocious amounts of money. That like, I think, uh, I don't know if you heard, but in FIFA, there was a person that opened up card packs. In a year, he spent $10,000 just on card packs Mm -hmm. for like, for getting characters. And <laughs> he now, I think he put it out there that he was. This didn't hurt his financial situation. Right for him, it didn't matter. Oh boy! Yet, right, but oh, man. but for me, ten thousand dollars. I couldn't ever possibly no, imagine doing that. Oh my god! God, I hope <laughs> oh. it was worth it to him. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, probably. Right, but but then that's the thing, though. It's working because there are people out there that just have that amount of money. But I would say that if you were to like take a percentage of like the the group of people, I'd probably. Throwing it out there in my own head, if this was a, a like percentage, ten percent of people are doing are are putting so much money in that it disproportionately like deafens the rest of the other gamers because that monetization scheme works yeah, for that. Right. I mean, if 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 we, if, we, if we take for example like a, a player base of around like say even a hundred thousand players, maybe, and that not not like maybe like daily players, but maybe like a hundred thousand players total that spend you know. Uh, 30 to, four, uh, 30 to 40 hours a month and probably spend maybe 100 bucks a month on this game. I mean, even if we took 10% about that, that's still 10,000 people who are playing the game and giving it $100, about, about around $100 a month. That's a huge amount of money. Mm. You know, that's like adding another two zeros to that. So that's like over like, what is like $100,000 or maybe, maybe it's a little bit more. Yeah, or no, hundred thousand. I mean, even but even on the even on like the 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 lower like the lower part of that, not you know, not talking about spending ten thousand dollars, but like Overwatch for example, if they release a skin during an event that I really want, it's, I'll spend ten bucks. I'll spend twenty bucks, you know. And I think I'm just and, and that's like very few com- compared to what a lot of people I talk to. They'll be like, yeah, I drop fifty bucks an event, and I'm just like, oh. But like, I, I don't blame them. Because like it's their money, they can spend it however way they want to. But if if a lot of people are doing that, and that's just that's like retail worker status people, you know, that's people <laughs> like us that are just like we're not making you know hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Right. We're making or even tens or multiple tens or no, probably yeah, making we're, we're more making, than right. We're, we're making, making more than poverty <laughs> level like we're, 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 making less than like say fifty thousand yeah. dollars a year. Oh yeah, like right. you know, or even we're like spending 40, yeah. like forty to like forty, sixty, and above. Yeah, like, we're not. And some people who don't even have jobs are spending right, this much exactly. money. So it's obviously working because True. these companies are making yeah. money. So I agree. So why would they stop if they're? They, they don't money? have any reason to stop. Exactly, and it's yeah. going to keep going. But then, so it comes down the, to a moral thing, which you can't trust companies to be moral. Right. Well, <laughs> that that would that's why the the big issue that's been lately, especially with like loot boxes and stuff, is you know how actually like legal is this i mean because right, a lot of right. times and, and the big reason why these work so well is a lot of them fun- function on like versions of an addiction model where you know it's right. like oh yeah you can you can get that character you can but you know uh you know you it's, it's, to, random. Like, it's, it's, it's random it's random or <laughs> it's random or it'll cost you like 10 bucks to right. actually just like buy the skin itself i just spend 10 bucks yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, like, that's the thing is that's like people are a lot more enticed with the pro- with the prospect of maybe earning it and or just like getting it randomly for a lower cost than actually just spending like the full cost 
or right. or whatever they want to charge for it. So say you were say there was like I know that you're a big Zenyatta player. Say there was like a really 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 cool awesome you know you know Zenyatta skin or what you know Chef Zenyatta or something like that. Okay. <laughs> floating cabbages boy, or whatever. Boy, do I need that now? <laughs> it's just, just got a whole bunch of like fruits and vegetables floating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you would probably still yes. want it just to have the, your collection, right? Yes, yeah. Actually, so but but say but say for example, like that skin, they wanted to charge you, you know, they say ten bucks for it. I buy it. You buy it, but then <laughs> immediately. No. But but if there was a chance, and we're not talking about you necessarily, but say there was yeah, a chance okay. that you could get that same skin for two dollars. So but you it was know what? Random. You know what's interesting is. That is the way Overwatch is set up. Mm -hmm. You can you can win loot boxes by playing the game to get a chance to win the game. Right. And if you have enough of the in-game currency, you can just buy the skin. Right. Well, I, I think what Overwatch does really well, though, is that they give you incentives to get loot boxes yes. through the arcade mode. Yes. Which I don't see other than my maybe League of Legends. I remember I know they do events like that for mm -hmm. specific stuff. But anyways, but loot, but Overwatch, I think they give you like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Don't they give you like Every nine? Every three wins you win one you okay so you have to, to nine games you get up to three loot boxes yes nine, okay yes. so if you win nine games you get up to three loot boxes although although i don't think it was always like that right like, no, it's always as, been like that. as far as i've been playing. i mean i've been playing since and i know that oh, sometimes okay. they change like i know destiny when their eververse a uh, destiny 2 specifically when their eververse store came out when the game first launched it was like super stingy oh, and now oh, yes I yeah and nowadays um they made like so you earn at least three a week you earn one every single time you level up although once you've reached end game you uh well actually you earn you earn them after you've reached uh max level because uh, basically all your experience points go towards your next uh i guess loot box or whatever gotcha. um but and, that, and it used to be like super duper stingy but you know they're a lot more generous with it now you get you can get up to three a week um you get, uh, you know, if, if there's no items in there that you want, you can dismantle them for the uh, the bright oh, dust or the in-game, yeah. the, the, the second kind of currency that I, you can use as general, uh, you know, it's like if they have that particular item on sale that week, you can just buy it using bright dust that you right. saved. I mean, Overwatch also does them. Yeah, yeah it, it, sound, it, sounds, it sounds roughly the same, although oh, the way Overwatch does it's really cool, actually, because like yes. <laughs> new skins, they generally cost more. Right. But after a year goes by, they become cheaper. Yeah, I mean, so, like, even if you don't get the skin, like, right away, you have another chance to get it for even, like, cheaper. I, I, th I, I think, think that's very... I think that's, like, as far as loot boxes and, like, in-game content, I think Overwatch does it the most fair I've seen. I mean, I, I think that the, the big issue isn't so much with the, you know, the general stuff that they just release. It's more having to do with, like, the timed exclusives. Like, say there was, like, a holiday skin or something like that, and you only had, like, this many days, and then the holiday skin was going to be gone forever because it was, like, for that one, like, say, Christmas or something like that. You know, then I it's... I definitely don't think it should be gone forever. Well, but a lot of games will do that with their cosmetics, is they'll be like, hey, you know, if you don't get it this season, Actually. or if you don't get it this holiday, then it's gone. And, you know, a lot of people like that because it means, like, oh, I've been playing this game so much... I have like you know all of the you know previous seasons DLC or the old DLC skins because I'm a really big fan of the game. Right. And then other players who would see that later, then they're like, "Oh shoot, man, he must be, he must be really really into this game. He's got that one skin from you know the first season right. that you can't get anymore because it was exclusive." And then that person's like, "Yeah, man, I'm an OG." I'm an OG. I, I don't know how I feel about that because on, on one on one instance, I think 
that's fair. Like they've been playing for longer. They've worked really hard to get it. But at the same time, people who come in later or something like that will never get the chance to get those. Or and people who does, just lapse. Yeah, and, and that does seem a little like... It seems a little unfair, but I guess it just, it is the way it is. I don't know. I still haven't kind of figured out how I feel about that in okay. particular. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, I want to put it in something real quick. League of Legends uh, did that, and what they kind of like alleviated that with was okay. that in loot boxes, you could potentially get one of the legacy skins. And, and then I think, like, as much as in, like, it kind of sucks that, you know, you're not going to ever be able to be in a position where you can get that naturally mm-hmm. but getting it through like a loot box is kind of like oh where how is that on the store so there's no, still a chance it's there's, a difficult it's, chance it's, it's, it's very still. difficult well and, and that that's kind of my issue with those is once they become like randomized you know unless there is some methodology for getting them outright like just like say paying for that skin right then there's no uh you know, if you if you if you don't have the money to pay for it, or you know, then earning it, you know, say through this random chance, is going to be a lot more difficult to actually like, I guess, hold on to. Because if you don't earn it in that time frame, then you basically have to spend the money. Like, say, I can only play two or three times a week, and the event only goes for like a month, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not earning enough of like the you know, gimme gimme boxes, right? Well, then you know. If there's no way for me to earn that, or not earn that, or no way for me to get that outright, then I'm kind of basically forced to spend, you know, money, even though I was trying to avoid it, just to get that. And then usually, you know, these these boxes value is going to wildly vary depending right. on, you know, that's another thing with like loot boxes is they tend to cost way too much for, you know, the chance of eating on one hand, the value could be really, really high. You get like, you know, Overwatch gives you like four drops per every loot box, right? Yes. And it's about a dollar loot box. So two dollars loot box. So it has it has the potential of, you know, giving you like tremendous value. It's like I got four legendary skins, although I think the odds of that happening would be like some... I got two legendary skins in my I, I think I think that the odds of that happening would right. be like extremely, extremely slim. Yeah. But but in, in that in that use case, it's like one dollar and I got two really, really awesome skins. Mm-hmm. Like Sick, and then you know you can spend a dollar and get like you know, or grays and blue sprays, or you know some you know a gray skin for a character you don't play, mm-hmm. and then it's like well shoot I could have just like I wish I hadn't spent that dollar. It hurts more to get a legendary skin for. And then that's like, uh, but <laughs> that's, like, that's no. talking about loot boxes as a topic, and I'm, I don't I don't know if you want to get into that right now because that's, <laughs> that's 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 a. I mean it's, I mean to be honest it's it's a really simple concept it's either. You are okay with gambling, you're not okay, and if our government allows it, then it's in games or it can't be allowed in games. And right now, it seems like they're, they're just like an addiction scheme. So, by moral standards of how the government currently sees it, they should not be in games. Like, that's that's the conversation for me, and I don't think there's too much like more you could go into it. Yeah, just whether or not you agree or disagree as to whether right. or not they should be included or not. Right. I guess, like in general, I'm very much just like I can see how they're really, really scummy. I, I think the way that they're done too makes a huge difference because if you take you know Overwatch versus like Battlefront, where like is it Battlefront the Star Wars one? Yeah, yeah, Battlefront, where you you get. You get abilities in loot yeah. boxes that yeah. make it so that you can be better than everyone else. Yeah. Oh, and I think, and and that is super scummy. Oh, I, I think everybody can agree that that no, was just yeah. an absolute garbage. Well, yeah. I, and then, then, then that's why, like, before the game even came out, they actually had to 
pull all of their microtransactions, period, because as, like, as soon as people saw how bad it was, they were like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't even get characters you want to play. So, hold on. So, with this, let's, let's take a step back from talking about monetization okay. and instead talk about something that Overwatch, I personally see, does not as well as they potentially could do because okay. I see other game companies doing it as well. When an Overwatch skin is released, they have the the skin themselves are fantastic. They are great, and quality. I think they're they're very quality. But when it comes to the visual effects for Overwatch, I think they kind of lack in that department because League of Legends, when they come out with a new skin, pro players are allowed to use skins that have different visual effects and sound effects and interactions in the game where Overwatch, it is always consistent. And I think... I wouldn't say always consistent. Okay. At least not in the visual effects of it, but there are voice lines and there are noise sounds to certain skins just that are changed. Okay. Well, I think that... Like, Cultus Senyata has completely, says completely different things. Even the way he says some things are completely different. Okay. And then, I know the pink Mercy skin has, like, a glitter sound effect instead of the regular... Like the healing. Screen. Yeah, so it, it's not every character that has a new skin that's changed, but there are some changes. Something I do want to point out is we are talking about League of Legends and Overwatch, two games which are very much so competitive games right. and in terms of like special sound effects and special visual effects and stuff like that a big part of being a competitive gamer is sound and what right. you see mm -hmm. and I feel like if they accentuate uh, visual effects too much or, or, the, or, or, or even, even the sound effects. It's the developer's job, though, to then step in and say, we should balance the game so that it's not too much and it's not too little and that it's still unique to this character. But because I, I, League of Legends does that by itself, like, flawlessly. In fact, they've actually banned specific skins because they said, this is a little bit too much, so unfortunately we're going to have to ban this for competitive play. Everybody can still use it. And, and, well, like, casual and, and, but that, that, that also kind Overwatch of doesn't have as many characters. They can't really just ban a character. Well, well, not not, 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 not the target the skins, skins, not the character. Oh, the oh, and in competitive, in like, in like pro, at least pro Overwatch, like they don't have like special skins. They have their team skin. That's it. Right. I mean, I mean, that makes that, sense. That okay. makes sense. Yeah. It's especially games that rely on pretty good reflexes to be competitive. I can see why they may under instead of instead of outright like banning the skin, they may just make some of the the effects and the, the audio cues right. they, they a little more play. understated just to prevent people to, so people can keep playing what they want to play with whatever skin they want without having to go and straight up ban a skin just because, you know, the visual effect is, you know, too obscuring or the sound effect covers up, you know, like an alt or something like that, you know, because that, that would that would be kind of broken. And so in fact, that's something that's wrong with Overwatch. Although, to be fair, you can turn off, uh, like, another player's ability to for you to actually see their, uh, like, uh, special effects and stuff like that. Because you can in emote in the middle of combat and there's certain emotes that you do that can lead to your animations looking a little bit off and that what? can throw people in Overwatch? off. No, in For Honor. Oh, oh my god. I was just like, Did, did I not say For Honor? Say no, for you Honor. said Overwatch. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so I was thinking about For Honor. No, in, in For Honor, uh, you can actually, there's, you can do emotes and those emotes can have effects, but you can turn off the other person's effects. So if there's like a big explosion, like as right. soon as the effect goes off, you know, you don't see it and get distracted or maybe miss an indicator or something like that. So, for reference, 
He was referring to For Honor. Yes. <laughs> Not Overwatch. Not Overwatch. I was going to say yeah. I was like, Overwatch? I'm like, uh, wait, is there emo animation canceling in, in Overwatch? I was so Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I know that. And that's another thing is, you so, know. So, real quick, because I am not familiar with League of Legends. Okay, um, sure. The way that they're, so you mentioned that they're, because I don't know what extent these changes come about with the characters for different skins sure. like are there literally different sound effects for when they use certain abilities yeah, yeah. like drastically different sound effects yes. so you if you don't know the character in that skin because in overwatch you have the benefit of of because sound cues are so important especially when you're a character that gets easily like flanked on her or if you have to pay attention to certain cues from other characters like when a, a soldier hits his ult like you need to know he's hitting his ult um so in League of Legends, you're saying that if you're not familiar with a certain character and all their skins and they hit an ult or something, you might not recognize what they're doing. No, I mean, it's not... It, it's probably not it's, so different. It's, it's not so different to the point that it's like, it sounds like another character. Okay. So, it's, so it would it's, be it's, the same thing as Zenyatta saying, instead of saying, you know, um, experience tranquility, you know, experience festivities or something. Yeah, like I mean, okay. yeah, it, it's essentially like that, but that's translated to the interactions... Visual effects, uh, and also yeah, and also Overwatch does have the benefit of each character having a fairly unique voice, mm-hmm. right. and 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 typically speaking, um, you're probably not going to hear different sound cues coming out of those heroes from the other side because obviously, whenever you're playing on the same team, you hear different voice lines than when you're playing yeah. on the other right. team. Like so, you know, when 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 Mercy does her uh, her res, she says she says it in German if you're on the other team. But she says it actually, uh, or actually, is it the other way around? Heroes never die if you're on her team. If you're okay, so they, they yeah, they, they will hear it, you know, in German. Right, but right, right. if you're on the same team, then you you hear that vision, you hear that audio cue, and that also helps you differentiate. You know, say there's two right. mercies, you can hear when uh, the mm-hmm. enemy mercy does it versus when your mercy does it, even though they have the same voice. The the language difference, uh, and you understand like the characters what they say when they alt, you actually are able to differentiate. But if they said something like different, and usually they only announce when they do like an alt, right? They don't mm-hmm. like you know they don't like announce like you know <laughs> throwing out a thing, you know. Actually, it's, I mean, doesn't Soldier say something when he places his? Or, he says a few different things. Yeah, like you know. I mean, he doesn't say like missile barrage, or I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, what but I don't think is. I don't think the enemy can hear you saying that. Yeah. I don't actually know. It's more watching. <laughs> yeah. I know when Zenyatta puts his orb on someone, he'll say something to them depending on who they are. I don't... You know what I think the enemy might... No, the enemy cannot hear them. Okay. I, know I don't can, know I, anymore, I, actually. I know they can hear footsteps and different enemies' footsteps yes. heard louder than others. Yes. Right. It's so important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the little pitter-patter of <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so what my... my my, the point of me bringing that up, though, was mm-hmm. saying that if League of Legends can introduce visual effects that essentially enhance kind of <laughs> what the character is with the skin, mm-hmm. then I would encourage games like Overwatch to do the exact same thing because they, they basically often? have it. No, they do it with every single skin. That, well, here's the thing. League of Legends also has like where they just change the skin and not any visual effects. But I think for legendary skins, League of Legends goes all out and they're like visual effects, sound effects, interactions... And so I think Overwatch doesn't really do more than like lines, right? And but I mean, but but uh, I, hearing the you know mercy glitter effect is mm-hmm. kind of like the first time I'm like, oh, that's 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 towards the right realm. Plus, only she can hear it. 
Oh, only she can. Only hear. she can hear it. Again, like yeah. So like, and and in, in well, the I case mean, of I like, think... in the case of like um, the football Reinhardt skin, he says touchdown instead of uh uh. Oh my god, I just blanked. <laughs> Wait, what's hammer that? down? He says oh. touchdown instead of hammer down, <laughs> and everyone can. Everyone can hear Everyone, that, yeah. yeah. And then you know um, stuff like that, but a lot of it is just like what you get to hear, right. you know. If I'm so if I'm fast then, and yada, then I can what hear. if you know it was standardized the sound effects for everybody else, but then when you play the character individually, the visual effects, anyways. I don't know. Maybe it should just be something you opt into. That's true. So then, what? So then, is then visual effects and sound effects would be better opt into? Yeah. I mean, if people are okay with it, then, you know, why not just have it as a setting where it's like, you know, turn on and off unique, uh, unique effects or unique uh, audio cues. Because I might be, I'm going to be honest, it, when playing, I might be put off if there's too many, like, custom, custom sounds, depending on the, on the, like, a few is fine. Like, obviously, Reinhardt is saying camera down when he's saying touchdown. I mean, obviously. I, but I, yeah. at, at the same time, like, because because audio cues are so important to the way that I play the game, I wouldn't really... I can see getting a little like, wait, what just happened? If there was something completely different, I'd like have to learn it over again. So I, I can understand why they don't do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, take this. Did you want one? <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm good. Okay. Um. Um, but I do see your point um, about the value of League of Legends skins. Right. Well, I, I, I say this, but League of Legends, you can buy skins straight up. I don't think you can buy... Mm -hmm. Well, you, you know. with the in-game currency, you can buy Right, but you'd have to get loot boxes. Exactly. Unless you get, right, and I, th I think that's where like, like I'm going to be completely honest with you. Just playing the game normally and getting loot boxes normally, I have more credits to buy whatever skin I want to when an event comes by. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, so. Okay. So... I think is a great time to take a break. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll move on to the other topic. Okie dokie. Okay, yeah, sounds fine. Well, I think I'll, I will finally get Did we hit up on your note? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, oh, that, why, don't we, why, why don't we see if there's like a, a Q&A before we take a break so that... Uh, well, I mean, so... Nobody knows where the water fountain is. Now that I think about it. Nobody knows where the water fountain is. That's fine. I'm not thirsty. I'm thirsty. You're thirsty. Okay. I don't want you drinking out of mine. You don't want to get you sick. Sicky. Let's see. I'm not sick. It's just poison in the air. We can we can at least catch up with chat. Wow, there was a lot more in chat than I. Oh than really? Yeah. Yeah. I was I was surprised you weren't looking at the chat more often. I mean, I, it's kind of hard to like let's enter let's like engage chat while talking to like I, I think it's it's a lot more difficult than to just like wow there was a lot. We could take a, a a moment to like take a pause and like read and then catch up on I think this questions right and or comments. Notice a senpai. I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Blizzard never released anything before anything mobile before Diablo. I I told you not to quote me, and you did. Now I'm upset. That's the foot in the tour technique that they get into your wallet, and it makes it easier to get in. This is why I avoid microtransaction in mobile games. That's low average for whales in games. There are people willing to spend six figures on low quality mobile games just to be the person on top of the leaderboard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, there and is a drive even... for that. There's like, but what if I'm the best? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know a second mortgage. Oh, it, it, and that happens not even on just mobile, but any in-game purchases, yep. mm -hmm. in-game crack. Oh, there's something <laughs> real special about getting that new skin and showing up in a game, and people are like, holy shit! 
and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> or I should have opening and maybe getting what you want is something a lot of people get drunk on, on, this, on this good. Oh, and then they were saying meatballs around Zenyatta's neck for. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if that would make you really excited or just really kind of. Uh... It's just, I'm, I've just kind of accepted the fact that if it's a Zenyatta skin, I'm gonna love it. <laughs> like, like, literally, the, so when they were doing the summer, the summer skins, I was like, they were spaghetti. <laughs> They were releasing all the sports skins, and there was rumors that Zenyatta was going to get a legendary skin. I'm like, I hope he gets like a beach skin and not a dumb sports skin, because sports are dumb. And then they released his sports skin, and I'm like, I love it so much. <laughs> it's like one of my favorites now, so I'm like, I'm just accepting that. See, that, that's, that's what I think. I think you think it would be pretty, pretty awful, and then you would actually see it, and you'd be like, that's adorable. Like, oh no, I want it. <laughs> Even if it was just a complete So we got Airite saying, I think a bit, I think a detail being missed in competitive play is you need communication with your team. No one in the team should be ulting without the rest knowing, for example. Yeah, I mean, I think in competitive play, they kind of communicate that through, like, yeah. first chat. Yes. Oh, I mean, yeah. obviously, I'm not talking so much, like, um, you know, actually, like, near, I mean, obviously, if you're playing competitively, you're probably playing with other people, unless for whatever reason you're playing online. Like solo queuing and competitive, like a like a madman. I mean, with your team. communicate. Well, I mean, in Overwatch, there are ways to communicate, even if you don't have a mic. Oh, I mean, I mean, yeah, but people tend to just like, I guess, not be as communicative as they need to be to actually be right. successful. I mean, that's why that's why, like I said, like a madman, because usually the communication when you're you know not playing with people you are you know familiar with, you end up you know miscommunicating or you don't go in with like an actual plan i think that's um, that's that's that depends on the person though i mean yeah fair enough but i mean just about it. moving on <laughs> <laughs> no, so, that's so hard when you're playing solo oh it's just them interacting with each other right? how does it feel to be broadcasting amidst the russian trolls well it's america so why you queue solo comp tea time never do that for a serious round i don't want people i don't want to bring people down Notice this in place. On regards to skins, it's a big oopsie when a skin is altering hitboxes. Yes, I Ooh. do not want skin to alter any type of hitbox. Or emotes. Or emotes. Or, well, I mean... I mean, emotes, uh, granted, you have to have some, you know, next level strats <laughs> to be emoting at the perfect time to, like, say, not get shot in the head. I've seen some really funny, like, compilations I mean, of, like, people I, emoting and, like, things are missing them as they're moving. It's so funny. No, actually, there was a huge, um, I remember in uh, Destiny 2, because they have a lot more emotes in Destiny 2, plus you can customize them a lot more. Um, there was, like, a like a, like a safe emote where they would, you know, do like you do in baseball, and they would go safe, and they would duck real low, and people were like, man, people keep avoiding my headshots by doing this emote. I'm just like, okay, dude, they had to stand there for a couple of seconds to actually get that emote off. Because you can, you don't you have, you're not stuck in an emote right. destiny. Um, That's funny. I think, I think a skin that changes your hitbox is no, an emote that causes your hitbox to shift. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. So if there was like, if I say had like larger shoulders on a certain character because of the skin, if they're not normally a hitbox there, then they shouldn't actually be a hitbox. Although then again, you know, they should probably try and keep skins as close to the original character design as much as possible. Otherwise, you know, they're gonna end and up And let's be completely honest, people. if you're emoting in the middle of a match, you're probably gonna get killed. Now that we're back from our break, <clears throat> we're gonna move on to 
we're gonna <laughs> huge how, shift in a, a very huge shift in, in topic. Everything. We're going to dumb down game mechanics as much as we can, so we can't use any gamer lingo. We have to basically explain it as tediously as possible so that even a sixth grader could understand. Okay, so this is actually really exciting. I mean, sixth grader are pretty mass nowadays. It's actually really exciting <laughs> for me because apart from some Overwatch game like lingo, I don't really know a whole lot. Okay. So that's actually going to be really interesting. Oh, so you're telling me it's going to be easy for you now? Well, no, not easy for me, but like hearing what different games use and like how you would explain that and make it easier okay. to, for someone to understand. Because when I started Overwatch, I had no idea what the heck peeling was. I didn't know what popping <laughs> was. I had to literally look that up because I'm just like, what's popping? I have no idea what those are either. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So, right. Well, and, and that's that's Perfect. kind of a thing with, uh, with this particular so, topic is uh, it's going to depend on the community to come up with certain terms because obviously they may only apply to like a certain ability Mm -hmm. or to like a certain game mechanic in which case you would have to because that that's kind of where the the topic's going to have some difficulties because a lot of games are going to have something that's going to be specific to that genre or to that specific game even yeah so So, what you're asking is how we can dumb it down so that if we're playing and someone doesn't know the lingos they can understand if if you were going to introduce someone to your favorite game how would you explain the different games mechanics without you know getting all jargony? Right, exactly. Okay. Like if you say peeling, what, like what, like, peeling? what do you mean by peeling? Exactly. Okay, so we understand. Okay. Now I have a list of things that I had come up with on stuff that I was going to ask the people <laughs> that know these games. Okay. So um, I actually didn't know too much about Fire Emblem. You told me you know a lot about Fire. I mean, I've played a couple of the games, so right. I mean, right. yeah, I, mean I, I, I don't consider myself like a subject matter expert on any of this stuff. <laughs> right, but, it's, but we're talking about mechanics. So yeah, so should, so should so be. go ahead. So my question is: Are there ever status effects in Fire Emblem? I mean, not really. Okay. Status effects are. I mean, I guess. No, I mean not really. Okay. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. There's no like, there's no like sleep status, as far as I know. There's no like poison status because the game is um kind of a turn-based uh, strategy game uh there's no like direct way it's more about um you know usage of i mean the, you know whatever specific weapon you have and those weapons can have different effects depending on what they are but typically speaking there's no like poison effect because okay. obviously a poison effect would have more limited usage in a game that is turn by turn okay. would buffs and debuffs count as status effect Oh, because a lot of so in critical hit chance then. I, well, technically speaking, you could attribute attribute that to how other games define it with affinity, but so I guess I guess if we're talking about not just like uh, status effects, but also like buffs or debuffs, um, or is there a, or like advantage or priority or anything? Yeah, well, yeah. So obviously, um, in in Fire Emblem, you've got the the triangle. You know, I'm pretty sure you mean we was mentioned briefly uh, when we were playing Smash, uh, I guess yesterday, <laughs> super duper early in the morning. Um, but with those games, obviously, um, there are advantages and disadvantages. So swords beat out axes, okay. axes beat out lances, lances beat out swords, mm-hmm. and so there's that that you know that rock paper scissors, okay. and that that's probably what it would be the easiest thing is just, just to describe it as like a rock paper scissors, a game that almost everybody is familiar okay. with. Um, and the same thing goes with magic. The only uh, weapon type that doesn't really have any uh, kind of uh, advantages versus like other weapons would be like ranged weapons. Uh, and, ma- and magic doesn't have a direct correlation with um, the um, 
the melee weapons or anything okay. like that. Yeah. So, and, I, and then I guess there's also like sub advantages. So certain weapons have a greater amount of uh, damage, whether they're versus like say cavalry or heavy armor oh, characters okay. or flying characters. So like for example, bows don't have any like advantages or disadvantages other than the fact that they can't attack you know someone directly adjacent to you. But bows do get a lot of bonus damage to say flying enemies, okay. which makes a lot of sense. But that basically means like if I have an enemy that's got a lot of you know ranged weapons not now talking bows specifically not just like javelins or like hand axes other like thrown close range weapons that will work both you know like one or two spaces out or and also adjacent um you know there's just an advantage for bows against like pegasus riders or liver knights and stuff like that um then there's also you know there's also weapons that get special kind of benefits based on you know so there's actually swords or a specific sword that actually has a advantage against lances rather than having a disadvantage because it's specific to that weapon. But none of these weapons will change a character's status. Like not not just status, but like their 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 um stats. There are some weapons. So like if you hit so someone with a weapon, then they might lose some defense or anything. There's nothing like not that. Not really. Okay, there cool. there are there okay. are weapons that do have a buffed uh, like say crit chance. Okay. Like you can get like like a killer blade or something like that. That usually if it's got the killer moniker, then that means it has an increased uh, critical chance. Or you'll get weapons that will have you know like I said, there's weapons that will give you improved damage versus a certain enemy type like cavalry or heavy armor. Would those, would those but, count as? With, uh, status change. Those those counts are it's not it's not buffs or debuffs. It's um I would call it priority. Okay. And then because like you know or what effectiveness mm -hmm. because you know in Pokemon super effective. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that that's what I prefer. So okay. So I just I just, so okay. In, in that game, there's not really any kind of status or stat changing buffs or debuffs. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So we're gonna we're kind of put there for fire emblem. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna jump over here to the Zenyatta main. Uh, explain to me Discord Orb. So one of Zenyatta's abilities. So Discord Orb places a thirty percent damage increase on any enemy that has the Discord Orb. Okay. And then how does that affect team comps? Um, so any, what do you mean by team comps? Like, As in like, when you put a Discord orb on somebody, is that, is that somebody, everybody should focus? Is yes. that somebody you so should that's focus? A, yes. So that's a big thing. That's a big thing. That's why Zenyatas are, are encouraged to be shot callers because you call out who has the Discord orbs and then your team can quickly delete that character. Okay. Um, delete, get off the field. <laughs> um, it's very beneficial, especially to DPSs, because that's a very quick kill for them. So, what do you mean by DPSs? Uh, uh, damage per second. So, okay. uh, damage characters, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, damage dealing characters whose priority is to damage people. Okay, alright, perfect. Okay. <laughs> and so, I also know that Overwatch has, um, after an object gets to a certain range, it loses its damage. Some value. do. Yes. Some do. The Some Zenyatta, have one of these characters. Nope, he has yeah. no drop-off damage. He has no drop-off damage. Mm -hmm. So I, now, hits. we're gonna move on to something else I know. Zenyatta has two different, every character has two different types of way of attacking, but Zenyatta has kind of like his, just throwing his orbs and then he can mm -hmm. kind of charge his orbs. Mm -hmm. So what is the differences between those? So the first one is the primary fire, which is one at a time, and it's just ding, ding, ding. And then okay. he has his volley, which is you charge up five orbs and then launch them out all at once. 
So if you hit, it has you have a you have a better chance of dealing more damage mm -hmm. if they all hit. If they hit. Okay. And, and Are you limited in your range of motion? Can you still jump? Can you still yeah, like you still sway? Yeah. But uh, but I, little, do you no, do you kind of lose like can you only do that so often or do you can you do that as like like a held primary shot instead of just like yeah you can I mean the charge takes a little bit more time. So you need to make sure you're either in a safe place doing it. Like if you're in the middle of battle, you don't like in the middle of a fray. You don't want to start charging orbs unless you're pretty confident you can hit and kill someone with it. Um, you'd usually use your primary fire for that. But volleys are really good to charge and throw around corners. You know while you're safe um, to try and you know get a hit. Okay. Um, sorry, that's that no, 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 that 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 answers the question. And then um, as a Zenyatta, who do you focus on healing? Um, usually, I try to focus on the primary healer, um, so, keeping oh, them so upright. So Zenyatta, that's my. That is my. Your personal praise plan, or praise. Well, that is my. Plan. Well, I, I know other people do as well, but that is my main objective when it comes to healing. Okay. Is is uh, the the primary support gets healing first, the squishies, and then the tanks, because I'm usually relying on the primary support to keep the tanks up, because Zenyatta's orbs don't heal a whole lot. So they're not going to do great on the tanks. They're more, they're better at keeping a, a damage dealer up longer, so then they can deal a little bit more damage. But it's not meant to keep them up like while they're engaging. And and so, and so how would you? Uh, so actually, you put a, you threw a couple extra little bits of jargon in there. You know, like like squishies. I mean, obviously, I know oh, yeah. squishy. <laughs> okay. But but yeah. if you were to explain like yeah. what a squishy character is to somebody who's never played with. You know different kind of character roles mm -hmm. i mean obviously you've introduced things like tanks you've got primary support if there's a primary support there's probably a secondary support mm -hmm. uh you know kind of explaining what the differences between like a support and a dps and a tank are mm -hmm. or like especially the difference the differences between like say a dps and a tank or in and then like kind of explaining where the crossovers are and also what makes them independent character classes as opposed to like the same thing, or there can also be characters that are one at a time. <laughs> one at a time, buddy. <laughs> we'll get there. I promise you. <laughs> if we're not trying to reach everything, we're just trying to get mechanics that we yes. can explain without going so in depth. And yeah, exactly. And I did. I did use some jargon there. I didn't even realize I was using jargon. That's the crazy part. Right, and so yeah, this, um, this this is the point of this is to, is to kind of realize like. How much do we actually use without really realizing it? Yeah. And can we do it without doing it? Anyways, perfect. Interesting. Yeah. So moving on though, um, everything you said, yes, but I'm gonna focus on some things here. Okay. Okay, go ahead. So I know field of view is important in mm -hmm. any FPS. Yes. However, I have noticed that do healing orbs and discord orbs have different effects when placed on people? So as in like if they're in your no. field of views, they're always there, and if they're gone, they're go away immediately, or does it last for a little bit? Or does it take a so is there a time when you limit? place an orb like the effects of the orbs don't change but when i place an orb on someone if they get out of my line of sight like behind a wall or something for three seconds the orb will return to me and it's and it's always three seconds always three discord seconds. and healing both yes both. yeah it used to stay on them indefinitely which was pretty cool but like they changed that <laughs> Wait, it used to be in the very beginning he, when he put a, a discord orb on someone or a healing orb on someone because the cool thing about discord orb is you can see them through walls you can see where they oh, are okay. um and yeah when he put it on someone until he changed the person it would stay on them basically gave the whole entire team wall hacks uh no just you oh just oh, yeah oh, so only zenyatta can see behind walls yeah yeah that's why it's so important um for for zenyatta means to wall be wall hacks is also a jargon 
Oh yeah, so, yeah, being able to see their location behind a wall. But that's why it's so important for Zenyatta's to to call out or to let the other team know what they see. Because you know, if I see the Winston going behind to the to the left, I need to let my team know that they're that they're flanking. Oh, uh, uh, so <laughs> there's another one. Flanking. <laughs> so what do you mean by flanking? Well, that means they're going off to the side, taking a route that isn't the main route. Like they're coming to, I mean, to they're coming to engage. That's another one. They're coming to uh, attack from the sides or the back, essentially. They're they're coming to their they're coming from an angle that is not the main point of focus. Yes, okay. I, I would say <laughs> probably the best thing because I mean, obviously, you know, if they're attacking you in the back, but somebody's watching the back, then it's like not really flanking. Well, they're but, still or, flanking. But, I just... guess they're flanking, but they're not. I mean, they're not doing a very good job. Because I guess <laughs> them being like it being, it doesn't need to be secretive. Like, you can say, oh, they're flanking. Like, they're still flanking, even if you see them. Like, they're just splitting your attention. Gotcha. Okay. So, I'm going to see. I, I, I imagine you have a lot more notes on this. I do. <laughs> I do. I have a lot. And, and then uh, we'll go to... Ah, we've all played this game. We're currently playing it together. Monster Hunter World. Yay! Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to go through weapons very slowly now. Very slowly. <laughs> Oh, oh boy, I know one. <laughs> so, right, no. So actually, let's start off with you. Okay. Okay. So, in the game, there's a thing called coding. Mm -hmm. And it is applied to bows. Mm -hmm. But... So it's white bows. And then... Oh, I'm, well, <laughs> I might as well bring up the question. <laughs> okay, so no. So coding applied to bows, what is that... Like, when can a, a bow user use that? Because not every single one, and not every single coding is available for them immediately. So certain certain bows will, will be able to apply certain coding. And what is that determined by? Uh, what's made, what you made the bow out of. And how can you get the bows? Uh, from materials you get from hunting monsters. I almost said dragon, monsters. <laughs> there are a couple dragons Monster, in there. Yeah. <laughs> there are dragons in there. There are dragons, yeah. That is very correct. Uh, so for example, uh, we have the, I have the Pookie Pookie bow. Right. And the Pookie Pookie is a poisonous monster. Right. So I, my bow can, <laughs> apply poison and uh, stun coating hmm. um, to it because it's from a creature that is poisonous. Right. Okay. On that, when attacking, the bow <coughs> has a different prior, or has a different, I guess, selection of... Well, now I'm trying not to use gamer lingo. Um, the bow can move while attacking. However, it is uh, it can be done kind of distinctly different from every other weapon out there. How does it do that? I'm not sure. So, so when you're charging up a shot, mm -hmm. when in the middle of it, you can uh, not using the again. You can dash, or no, you can. Oh, like while going in for a normal shot. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. I can cancel it. Like cancel. The, so it, the pull and dodge. What does it cancel? What does it cancel? Right. My pull. And. I, I, I'm essentially referring to like, um, what do you what do you mean by cancel? Because like animation cancel, but then we can't use animation cancel because they're really well. No, I wouldn't say animation cancels. It cancels the attack. It cancels the attack. Yeah. So, then so you if would, I'm charging, so if you do that, then the attack is no longer work. Correct. So the way the I mean, and this is the, the normal function of any bow. You know, you you pull the bow string. That's why when you pull the bow. Right. So you pull the bow. Yeah, and that's essentially 
you're ready to attack. You just need to make sure you're aimed, and then you release the the pull. So yes, but um, in well, in any, I mean, if you're using a bow normally, you just slacken the pull. But in the game, rolling can cancel out your your aiming essentially. Okay. Well, I don't think you. Oh, I guess if you don't have a sheet, then roll. Okay, mm-hmm. so moving on. <laughs> so, if that's if that's because no, I don't know how other weapons yeah. work. This right, right. Well, I think you can technically, if you keep holding onto it, and you you can like dash, but still have the. Oh, that's true. I haven't you, mastered that yet. You do like yet. a like a dash slide where yeah. Instead 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 of going yet. through the entire roll animation, you instead kind of you do cancel out of that animation into an a move that's primarily used for evasion or repositioning. Right. In order to, yeah. but it doesn't actually like. And some, I guess, I, I, I don't want to go into something. Else. <laughs> I, I haven't mastered that. I kind of understand. I roll to stay alive in that so, game. <laughs> I, I, I do know that there are, that, you, I guess I'm, I'm pushing around because I'm relatively knowledgeable on it because I've been, mm-hmm. I've been using it recently. Yeah. So um, have you used the, the, I, I, the drop little, yeah. little rocks? The rock rock, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... And then, okay. What are the sequence of buttons you have to hit? Oh shit! <laughs> In order to get that tactical. Okay, so you need to you need to be aiming at it. Okay. You cannot have a coating attached. Okay. And you you trigger its triangle, I think. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we haven't played Monster Hunter in a. Plus, I don't. Weeks. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really know where all the buttons are. People are like, like kind of guess. Yeah, so. no, that's totally fine. I, I, I believe it's actually the circle button. Okay, okay. yeah. Okay. I, so then, yeah. Let, let me explain. Let me go for something a little different. The Dragon Piercer. Yes. Okay. Do you know? Oh that? yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, you can maximize a Dragon Piercer, but. That can only be done if you understand the properties of how a dragon piercer works and what is that. <laughs> so, so, so it pierces. So, what does that entail for a weapon? And that's bow. Oh, so like the more it, the more it goes through, the better the damage is. What do you mean the more it goes through? The more flesh it goes through. <laughs> so then. So, because I've been told, you know, if you have a. What was it? Because I think I was using it wrong when I first started using it. I thought it needed to go through more of the monster, but it needs to go through a broader part of the monster. So, uh, because I heard that the same thing? No. Like, I thought it literally needed to go through more of the monster, so from head to tail, instead of from, like, the side. Um, Wait, it it does need to go from yeah. head to tail. What did I see? I knew I used it like wrong at first, and then I realized I used reading it wrong. So I <laughs> no, I, I remember How? that you hit, you used to hit the back of the monster into their stomach, which was just like hitting here from here yeah. instead of from the head to its foot. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that. So I thought it was a broad attack, not a point. Oh, the broad I side of it. Yes. So I was, was hitting broad. the broad side gotcha. because I thought the more okay. you hit, I didn't realize it was like uh, uh, lengthwise is best. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Because I remember you asking me, like, why are you going from the head to the tail? And I'm like, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, that makes sense now. Yeah, so that's what I thought. Because so, that's how my coding works. I, so I think the way that then we would explain is that a dragon piercer is a straight line, line yeah, and so the more... that will pierce 
dragon's flesh. So the most effective way to use it uh-huh. is by hitting it from its head to its tail. Yes. Would you like agree through with? its head to yeah, its tail. Yeah, through its head to its tail. Correct. Yes. Okay. Alright. Yeah. Alright, we're gonna stop with the monster hunter. We're gonna move on to <laughs> for honor. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so let's see here. I had for honor attacking in for honor. Okay. Now we're not talking about shielding or uh, parrying, but specifically attacking. How can you attack in for honor? So um, there are several different kinds of attacks. You have your Light attack, which properties of light attacks are, they come out faster, um, but they are unable to be fainted or canceled, which means that they have a certain amount of risk-reward associated with them. So, faint. A faint, it, well, that just kind of, uh, well, oh. a, faint, a faint is basically a cancellation of the attack, so basically you don't go through that other attack, or that the attack that you're currently doing in order to keep yourself from making a mistake or in order to get the opponent to do something that you want to do. Is that canceling the animation for what attack it was for? Sorry, it, it will, the, the, the faint will cancel out a portion of the animation. Okay, a portion. Okay. So it will not cut out the, um, the initial portion the of, the, of the startup of it, if you want to use gamer lingo. Yeah. But it will, it will cut out the uh, starting portion of that attack uh, to a certain extent, you can only faint after so many um, after so much time has passed, um, and before so much time has passed. Um, but if you have a faint, then it basically means that you are trying to trick your opponent into doing something that you want them to do, um, or you're trying to prevent yourself from making a mistake that the opponent can use against you. Um, so light attacks, typically speaking, do not allow you to perform a feint, okay. but they also come out a lot faster. So if we're talking about reaction speed, you know, your ability to react to attacks as they come to you, they're a lot harder to react to. However, the trade-off is that they typically do a lot less damage. Okay, then there's also heavy attacks. Heavy attacks have a much slower animation, uh, but heavy attacks can be feinted. Um, now, since they can be feinted, and because they are slower, because of they are slower, they can be fainted to keep people from uh, from countering or you know doing something to mitigate the attack, whether it be uh, a block or a parry, uh, which you can go into parries, but we just talk about the attacks right now. Um, then there are also um, what they are called uh, melee attacks or attacks that do not uh, follow the general other two attacks in terms of their properties. Melee attacks typically are directionless, meaning that they do not have a specific direction that they come from under most circumstances. They typically hit more directly, so there's no way to um, block those attacks. However, um, the melee, depending on the character, will have special properties that will, uh, usually speaking, uh, provide an opening, a moment to get in a a follow-up attack or you know an attack after the melee um, and then there's also the option of doing uh, you know or providing some kind of a debuff or something else that would just usually is something to create an opening or to uh, disorient okay so um, those are I mean and then I guess if we want to consider an attack um, there are also what they call guard breaks these are essentially um, Grabs now. Grab these guard breaks can be countered. Um, you can 
counter guard break or you know just kind of push the other person off of you from the grab but they require specific timing to do this so if you have the timing off or if you're caught in the enemy guard broken through the attack basically you know because they timed it just right in order to keep you from doing that and guard breaks are just they're almost kind of like their own uh kind of melee um in that they don't directly attack from a specific direction because in for honor you have your top your left and your right most attacks will come from these three directions but guard breaks and most melee attacks do not come from a specific direction um and therefore they can't be um blocked they have to be uh, avoided they have to be dodged you have to get out of the way gotcha. um and depending on the properties of that specific uh character guard breaks function a little differently some characters have special moves that they can do from the guard break so for example um the raider character whenever he performs a guard break he has a couple of different mechanics that make him unique when he's in that state uh, when the opponent's in that state um, he can either choose to pick up the opponent and carry them a distance and then throw them on the ground thus presenting an opening or um, giving him an opportunity to do say uh, a kill on that character using the environment by say throwing them into some spikes or off of a ledge um, you know frustrating the heck out of him or um, he actually has a very unique mechanic and that's only if he's trying to throw them forward if he's trying to throw a character forward then instead of throwing them he will actually pick them up and carry them to wherever he wants and if he hits them into a wall in that carry then in then instead of them just you know hitting that wall and then being stunned or you know being unable to do anything for a few moments he will in, he will hit them into the wall they do get stunned, but he also deals a little bit of damage with his knee to their, you know, face. But he's also got a very unique way of throwing people if it's not going forward, where it's a little bit more challenging, but he can essentially, he grabs them and he spins them around. And if he wanted to, he could throw them forward, but he has to spin them around first. But he can basically change the angle of where he wants to throw. And then the properties of what happens after that attack will change on whether or not the on the opponent's current status so um, attacks also change a lot depending on whether or not the character themselves is in a certain state so being you know you know from a neutral state or being from a state where there is currently nothing affecting the character at all um, you actually end up you know that's neutral there's no there's no advantage or disadvantage to either person However, there are certain states you can be in that can make it so that you or the opponent are at a disadvantage. One of the biggest ones being um, out of stamina, which in the game's terms, stamina is a bar that gauges how much your character can do before, um, if they run out of the stamina, then they are stuck in a state where all of their attacks and uh, animations are significantly slow, slower, meaning that um, the counter options to those animations are a lot more, I guess, easy to do because suddenly everything is like super slow. You can sit there and, you know, get a cup of coffee and then come back. Um, and then there's also um, some other properties that go into that, but uh, we're just talking about attacks. Um, when you're out of stamina, your attack cannot slower, uh, which includes 
okay, okay, I know. I like uh, you asked me. I asked the tax, and then he went to special animations. Well, I was, I was, I was going deeper in on what makes the attacks different. Right. Um, but, but in terms of the main attacks, you can either light attack, heavy attack. A melee attack or a guard break, if you want to count that as an attack. You said that speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you want it, you. You are the specific topic is trying to explain it without using. Right, but I mean, but if I say light attack and heavy attack, are you? I mean, okay, those are probably yeah. pretty self-explanatory <laughs> yeah. terms. But if, if we're playing a game and I'm trying to explain that to you. No, but the, that's I say we're just focusing on. I mean, light attacks and heavy attacks. The properties of like you know stamina is like different than uh, yeah fair enough fair enough I, <laughs> I've gone off on a bit of a tangent I'm sorry this is, this, is, this is really easy to go kind of wild with yeah this. right that's why we're trying to be extremely specific mm-hmm. so now I'm going to do one and hopefully I, I I I'm assuming I won't go on a tangent but then you guys <laughs> now are going to be the one catching me off guard if I accidentally use gamer lingo okay okay so. I'm going to talk about specifically Monado arts used by Shulk. You just lost me. What? Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. So, so let's see if okay. So Smash has characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and essentially, every single character has a special move associated with them. For Shulk, it is called Monado arts. Okay. And Monado arts have five different uh, art stages he can be in, which is jump, speed, shield, buster, and smash. Okay. And for Shulk to change between his Monado arts, he has. Two what ways. is Shulk? Shulk is, is, is the character. Yeah, but what what is he? Who is he? Oh, he's he's a character from Xenoblade Chronicles. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's like he's like. So they're like a fight. It's like a. Sword it's like saying who is Mario. He's like he's that plumber that saves Princess. Yeah, but I mean, if I didn't know who Mario was, and you, and you and you said like what he could do, I'd be like. What? So I just want to understand like what the character is and how these how these different like arts right. fit yeah. into his character. So right. that makes okay. sense. So he's he's obviously so, a sword right. fighter kind of thing. Yeah. So well, I, I was talking specifically about the arts. So I wasn't. Yeah. I just I sword. wasn't. It's a blank page in my head. So I'm filling yeah. it up. Yeah. He is a sword character for. Thank reference. you. Okay. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> now it's a little bit more clear. So it's like different. Okay. Different. Again, if you want to call that a sword, it's kind of weird. I mean, it, it, the properties in regards to game data, but that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So then he has different, like different. Basically, martial arts styles. Yes. Okay. Thank you. You can continue. Or if it's easier, for reference, if it's easier to call them that, or to better understand it, then yes, they're yeah. martial arts style. Yeah. Is good. Okay. So, and then every single art has different properties that apply to Shulk and his enemies when they attack him. So speed, you have an increase in speed. However, um, or no, actually, it's just a direct increase to speed. All uh, speed. Yeah. Or no, ground speed. Ground speed, so, so not air speed. All, no air speed is involved, only ground speed. Um, jump is then when the air speed is applied, he can move faster, like left, right, and jumping through there. So it's used for recovery tools. Speed is typically used recovery for tools? spacing. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so uh, in Smash, um, whenever you are off the stage, which is what you play on when you're fighting somebody, uh, there is... Uh, Special moves typically associated with the command or with the inputs of up B that will let you recover um, faster or better or how. So essentially, it means when you get knocked off the platform, 
how you get back on the platform. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're covering. <laughs> See, already, already tangent a little bit. It's hard. Right. Well, I mean, I, that's specifically for jump. So then, then I already talked about speed, and then Buster is very specific. So in Smash, um, you can do damage and then also do more uh, knock back. Is there any other word to say not? I mean, I mean, it essentially means like knocking someone back, right? Yeah, I mean, so creating that one. That one kind of explains itself. (laughs) Okay, all right. Yeah, knock back. If you're knocking back someone using your knockback attack, you're knocking them back. Okay, all right, all right, good. So with Buster, you do more damage, but you have less knockback, which allows for comboing because they're going to be close to you, and because you don't push them as farther away, it allows you to do comboing. Combo, or a combination of attacks. So I, I like. I, I that I mean I think I think it just kind of depends on like because yeah. people might have different ideas about right. what a combo. Uh, means I mean I wouldn't be confused as combo, but like you know if you said oh I comboed him, you know but it's essentially like I used a series of attacks on him. Right. Not just you can then use multiple attacks in concession with each other. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than only being able to do a few. Mm-hmm. Or there one. Or one. Right. A few or one. Okay. There you go. And then Smash is the opposite of Buster, where it will do more <coughs> knockback. Or will do yeah, no, more knockback and less damage. Okay. And then that is Wait, that was four. Which one Oh shield. Right, right. Thank you for reminding me. And then shield is, it's not the opposite of jump or speed, but it's you, when the character, if a character were to hit you, have less knock back and oh. hit stun. Okay. And hit stun. Hit stun. <laughs> Actually, I think that goes into, I don't, how do we explain hit stun? Hit stun. When you're stunned when you're hit? I mean, I well, then. Like you get hit and then also right. you're, you lose you, you lose control. Right? I, I guess basically, yeah. The, the best, the best way to explain hit stun would be to say hit stun is a kind of a status debuff, a very temporary status debuff. Yeah, but now you're seeing now you're using more <laughs> 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 um, But the basically, basically hit stun is a negative effect okay. that happens immediately following an attack landing. Right, and. It's variable per attack. It's a, it change. It changes based on the attack, but it's basically a variable uh, moment of inability to interact with anything else immediately following an attack on the enemy. Okay. You don't. You don't hit stun yourself. <laughs> I would hope. Not. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna move on. Okay. To, to Shree here with Pokemon. <laughs> The best ever! Um, Okay, so with this one, uh, I actually wanted to... Could you explain to me the story progression that happens in Pokemon? Because this is something I actually have no idea about. So so I can... It will be easy for me to catch you up. A lot of it's very... Like, there's not a whole lot of difference between the I mean, if it's as simple as, like, you just find a new area, beat some people, and move on, then that's how it is. I think this is what I love about the Pokemon games so much, is that you start off as a a 10-year-old... I guess I changed that. As a child, <laughs> as a child who Actually, is really going to go on a Pokemon adventure, okay. um, 
you get your first Pokemon, you get to pick your first starter Pokemon, and then you go out throughout the world and you try and defeat other trainers, train up the Pokemon that you capture, and you can capture like anything you want to, you can train up anything you want to. So you have these different partners that you have a team. And you go out and you beat other trainers, and your goal is to try and defeat the 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 Pokemon League. So each town you go into will usually have what's called a gym. Okay. And the gym has a master of that gym. You have to defeat them, and they give you a badge. Okay. And as you go along, you get eight badges, and then you get to go into the league, which is essentially like the best of the best. Okay. Once you defeat them. So it's a competition. Exactly. It's like a big sport kind of thing, you know. So what does a badge represent? A badge represents a victory over that town's gym. 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 Yeah, that, that, that leader of that particular gym. And each gym usually has a Pokemon type. Okay. There are there are usually different... eight gym gyms per game. Is, it, yeah, is that consistent? Through um, it has been yes. Okay. I think I think the only difference is in Sun and Moon they didn't have gyms at all. Okay, they had something different. So, so then is progression based on your badge? Like, could you have three badges and go to the Pokemon League? No, you okay. have to have you all have eight. To... You have to have all eight, and it's also important to have um, badges as you progress through the story. Because it essentially will not let you progress until you get a badge. Yeah, you can't one one you can't progress, so you can't do you can't do the gyms out of order. They have to be done one after another after another. And then uh it's kind of a minor mechanic, and most of the time you don't have to worry about it in the Pokemon games. But if you don't have a certain badge, then Pokemon up to a certain level won't listen to you. That's only if they're traded. Oh yeah. Oh, the Pokemon you traded. capture, the Pokemon you capture and the Pokemon you raise will always listen to you. But if you're traded a Pokemon that is way too high level for you and you don't have a certain badge that will let you uh, use that Pokemon, they will ignore you. They won't like listen. Or, so or they will ignore you. What happens then if, like, you know, you don't like, have a I, I So I will tell, like, if I got a Scizor that's, like, really, really, really strong and I only have two badges and I say, like, go use Cut, and it's going to be like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, it's going to go It's gonna go take it, a nap or yeah, something. Yeah, it'll take a nap. It'll ignore you. Sometimes it'll do it. Sometimes. Or it'll do a different attack. <laughs> yeah, or it'll do a different attack. Um, but that's only Pokemon that are traded to you, okay. the ones you capture. But but that that would be a mechanic that would also tie into the badges. And I mean, and if you do mm-hmm. have, because part of the thing about playing Pokemon is trading them. Mm-hmm. You traded one. There that's... there are also certain abilities that Pokemon can't use unless you have a badge. Actually a better one. So HMs like Cut or Fly or What's surf. HM? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, essentially. Um, that's a slow, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I actually didn't know that it was called hidden hidden yeah. moves for their. Yeah, they're, they're very specialty attacks that you can only teach your Pokemon with these. Story wise, are these discs? I don't know how. <laughs> like I think you Is put it, it like in a DVD it to player the, to the, the just put it in the, just straight in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, and just like there you go, eat that up, little guy. You'll know this move that'll let you cut down, you know, trees because it's not like. You're a killing machine, anyway. <laughs> but, okay, so uh, but I think if you wanted to explain HMs a little bit better, uh, HMs are unique moves in that they allow use both inside of combat and outside of mm-hmm. combat. Uh, if you do not have a certain badge, the outside of combat effect will not work. Mm-hmm. Meaning that there are certain obstacles that they put throughout the game that can only be gotten through. Honestly, you can't even get the HMs unless you've beaten. Like, the, the game will not let you get the HM until you've progressed. So the then are HMs associated with um, progression in the story? Not. So, yes, okay. they are. 
but it's supposed to be kind of a linear thing. You know, you cannot get to this part of the map where you can get the HM until you've beaten the gym. Okay, yeah. so then it's associated with gym maps. Correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and, and that's part of the reason why you can't do the gyms out of order, because there will be certain obstacles that will require you to have beaten the other gym. Now, it's not always like an HM. Sometimes it's just like, you know, say... It can be literally anything. Like yeah, the, the it, 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 can be, it can be a story element that like won't clear out of your path until you've completed the said gym. But the games are very linear. They're not open world at all. No. Yeah, they're maybe, very linear. Maybe, maybe in the future. I think that people <gasps> are really, really wanting a, uh, a open world kind of Pokemon game, but I think that the formula that they have right now is working well for them. Yeah, so it's. I mean, it's worked well for 20 Despite years. the fact that I'm really bored with it, and that's why I haven't touched No way. I will while. always. I, will. Uh, I, I know the different strokes for different no. folks. Well, the, the, cool, the cool... I'm sorry. That, that's the answer to your question. Okay. I will not continue with that line of thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Alright, explain to me the types of Pokemon and the oh, what we would call effective. Do you, do, you, do you know that well? Yeah. Because I, I know that there's a lot, and I. And I yeah, don't there's a lot. I don't, so, okay. I don't remember I'm the exact to, number. I used to know what on okay. or not. Well, you don't. I mean, do you know what it's like effective to and yeah. not effective to? Okay. Mostly, yeah. All right. Lay it on me. So, personally, I, I favor dark types. Okay. Um, so, generally, anything that's a dark type, I will like look into it. And as such, I know its weaknesses fairly well. So, if I have a dark type, I know that if I go up against someone who has a fighting type Pokemon, or at least a Pokemon with a fighting type move, because okay. the Pokemon does not need to be a certain type to know certain moves. Okay, wait, so this, so then does that mean that re even if it has the move, it is still effective against the Pokemon? Correct. Okay. So for example, a Lopunny is a normal type Pokemon, but it can use fighting type attacks. Mm -hmm. So if I go up with my Umbreon against a Lopunny, and the Lopunny, a normal type, uses a fighting type attack on my Umbreon, it will still be super effective. Okay. So and most Pokemon you need can to use be... uh, move types outside of their specific okay, type. Wait, so okay, so how many types are there? Oh, like uh, like oh, God. Us, hang on. <laughs> Fire, water, grass, rock, ground, dragon, steel, dark, fairy. Now um, there's poison. Um, there's more than that. Yeah, um, I'm looking it up. Hold on. I think I got most of them. 18. Eight. Oh, 18 oh, 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 what are they? Come on. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Hang> on. <laughs> okay, so there's bug, dark, dragon, electric, fairy, fighting, fire, flying, ghost, grass, ground, ice, normal, poison, psychic, rock, steel, and water. Oh my goodness. All right, I, never mind. I take my question back. <laughs> you want to explain all the interactions? Yeah, that's going to take all day. Yeah, and, and there are, there are, and it's, it's deeper than that. So, you know, you, it, it's deeper than that. It's, 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 it's different than saying like, well, this type is weak against this type because there are multiple types you can be weak against and there are some types that they are more weak against than they are other types. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah, super. So it, it, it comes down. This is why I don't know all the types, and this is why right. sometimes I, mean, I, mean, I don't. I don't. That's really... why I took my question back. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you know when it comes to me, I'm a dark type trainer. I focus on what is weak against dark, and right. what I what is strong against dark. 
So then I, or so what Dark is strong against. Whenever you're playing the game, it's important to know your specific Pokemon's advantages and disadvantages exactly. versus specific types. You don't need to know everything all at once. Yeah, and um, some people will not just do one type. They'll do like multiple types. There are people who just know everything about it. But they're, they're usually very into the battle aspect of the games. Which right. is fine. Which is totally fine. And, and then I think I think probably the easiest way to explain it is it does operate under kind of a logical sense. So, um, like, a fire Pokemon is going to be weak against water moves, but a water-type Pokemon is going to be weak against, like, grass-type moves, but a grass-type is weak against fire. So there's a little bit of that triangle like we were talking about with uh, uh, fire. Not up. all the time. Not, not all the time. And granted, there are different extents. So, like, the water type is oh, strong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to go into action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but basically, that's the easiest right, thing to think about. It, so it, it makes on a small big... scale, there is triangle. No, there is not. There's there only two not. There's only two triangles. Okay, so the, but, but, so on a small scale, specifically um, a certain set of types, there are That's probably the no, easiest there's, set again, there's to only understand. Two triangles. Wait, I'm, I'm confused. Okay, so, so there's no tri me. there's no triangle. So there isn't really like a little triangle like that. That's that's really only for the starter types. Okay, so and the so other starter types have a triangle. And yes. Yeah. Well, there's one other, but it's not important. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The like dark oh fighting and psychics. Is that its own triangle? Mm -hmm. It is. Anyway, yeah. So th it's not it's not really that linear because there are multiple types that are weak against multiple types. Okay. It and is it is a lot more complicated than okay. that. Okay. 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 Yeah. I'm sometimes okay. don't have any advantage or disadvantage. I'm gonna slash you. <laughs> Short answer there. See, that's the answer. Okay. Yeah, and I didn't want to go into like all of it. I'm like, dude, that's yeah. I was, I was, when you asked that question, I was like. Hold up, are you sure you want to spend like the next three or four hours going through no, each I'm, and every? I'm, 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 I'm very much okay. So, um, now, um, I want to take the time to then ask you guys, if you could focus, what is one unique mechanic that you are most interested in and then explain that for said video game that you can think of? It, it can be same oh, as three, but something what is, we haven't What is about. a unique mechanic that I appreciate? Yeah, yeah, that you specifically like. I really like this mechanic in a game. And then oh, we'll give some, you know. When it comes to mechanics, um, I think the one that I'm most impressed with would have to be Undertale's battle okay. mechanics. Um, and how many different ways you can like utilize it. Okay. So, okay. Um, battle mechanics. Yes. Is that like how you attack? Is that how you yes. interact? Is that, yes. Uh, it's both? It's all of it. Just essentially <laughs> the freedom of what you can do when you become, when you en engage, engage, I don't want to use that word because that's like a lingo word. When, when you, you go into a battle with, a, with you, a monster. <laughs> when you go into a battle, a battle with a okay, monster. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. When you go into a battle with a monster, just the, the options that you have to you and just and the mechanics themselves of just like you are a heart that's your little soul and you got to keep it safe from all the little flying things everywhere and then you can either literally kill them or talk them out of it you know okay. um i i've always really admired that and i've always thought that was really fun and interesting and unique um and that i haven't really seen it before because you know pokemon like uh, rpg uh -huh. stuff like pokemon and final fantasy and stuff that's we've all seen that and right. so that was something i thought was very cool and unique and interesting and fun Right. So I would say probably, I mean, and this is not exclusive to one specific franchise, but um, I do kind of like it when games have some kind of 
um, class mechanic where you can change or like job mechanic uh, oh, okay. where you can change the the character's um, skills and abilities depending on what specifically how you want to play that character. So I, for example, really like say Final Fantasy V. It's probably my favorite one. Um, and that game has a massive, I guess, roster or you know group of different, um, I guess you'd call them. Uh, they're called jobs in the game and I just really like when you can sit there and go through the game with each of these unique characters playing the role that you've assigned to them and I like it that way because in specifically that game uh, there are advantages to playing that game and not switching jobs all the time because mm -hmm. obviously uh, well not obviously I guess but in those games there is a a portion of the game dedicated to leveling or you know gaining more experience with that specific so essentially character. customer 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 character customization Cus character customization is really important to you yeah and and then specifically with how like i don't really care about cosmetic customization or like just changing the way the character looks i like changing the way the character feels that's kind of why i've kind of gotten drawn into monster hunter a little bit more mm. is because in that game uh depending on what weapon you pick, it changes drastically right. the way that that character is going to interact with the game's world. Right. Uh, I, you know, if I was talking about like Final Fantasy games, I've done it a couple different times, um, but I like it because that means I can say, have my main character play whatever class or whatever job or whatever role I want them to. And basically it means I have a lot more control. And so if I wanted to say, make a character, an entire like team, to be very centrally focused or really well balanced, I can do that. Right. Um, okay. And I guess that's probably one of my favorite things as far as mechanics goes, mm -hmm. is the ability to not just adjust the way uh, the characters look, but also their feel and just in general, like if I want to play the game differently, I can play the game differently one way, and then I can play the game again and then get a totally different experience. Because mm -hmm. I, I mean, obviously in most games there are the optimal ways to play, the best right. possible or, ways. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if right. people don't know what optimal means. Right, that's, that's a complicated. Can I, can I amend what uh, my, my, so my pick isn't going to change, okay. but amend yeah. something that I, I meant by it okay. is the choice of like, the reason I like that mechanic so much is because I get to choose like the outcome, like my outcome. So for, the, for me, you would prefer. Exactly. So like for me, it's like, yeah, you're in a battle and you have every right in this game to kill that thing, but you don't have to. Okay. I think that's essentially why that's important. I mean, to I me. think I, I think specifically unique to Undertale is the option to actually not fight. I know yeah. there are other games that I think I uh, yeah they I do that. Honor. I mean, there yeah, are choice right. games yeah. where you can For be some, the good person, right? Or get sick, quote unquote, good person <laughs> or bad person. But I think Undertale, I think, did it in a way that I personally thought was Personal. very interesting. Okay, that was I just wanted to amend that because I didn't think I made that okay. clear. Fair enough. All right. Well, as I explained this last. Thing personally to me as a special mechanic it is going to be the end of the podcast so okay here we go uh for me personally uh persona 5 <laughs> game that he oh, finally really? finished <laughs> recently finished like a week ago it hasn't but been a week. Uh, the most unique mechanic that i've enjoyed in persona 5 has been when there are two places where you interact with um 
you're with like anything essentially there is the uh, actually there's another way essentially there is the actually i can't use it because it is okay there is the <laughs> cognitive world and that's not a game relinquo now that i think about it it's specific to that game it's specific to that game there i wouldn't the, know what that is so explain to me what I mean. Okay. You oh, say okay. it's not gamer lingo, but it is specifically it's, tied. It's, it's a scientific. It's scientific lingo, but it's not gamer lingo. Okay. That, <laughs> so, but what does it mean in oh, the, so, what does it mean in that world? So, okay. So, cognitive. So, in Persona Five, the cognitive world is the manifestation of your heart's desires, and then in the real world, it is essentially what we perceive to be reality. Isn't okay. Is okay. And so the most unique mechanic in that essence is that the way that you interact is that is that mm-hmm. a okay. gamer lingual? No. no. Inter- okay, okay. I was no. making sure people not know they're interacting. <laughs> they don't. They need to go to school. <laughs> okay, so the way you interact with characters in the metaverse and in the real world have an effect directly with each other. So if you spend more time with somebody in the real world, it'll transfer to it in the cognitive world by either having special abilities. Mm, Okay, yeah, so by having special abilities that you would otherwise not have were you not to interact with them in the real world. So. So basically the interactions in the real world affecting the gameplay in the cognitive world. Correct. And then vice versa as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. and, I, and I thought cool. that... And, and, then, and then they do tie it, into the story. Which yeah, is and also... then it, it ties into the story. So and, your and, actions like, having consequences. Right. Uh, like, like, like Actually, every... that, if, bo- boiling it down, that's basically it. <laughs> yeah. He likes the fact that in games, sometimes your actions do have more meaning. See, that stresses me out. Oh my <laughs> god, because I'm like, what if I mess up and someone I mean, dies? No, you should have seen him. You should have seen him the other day when he was finishing up Persona. <laughs> Because there was like some, because in that game there are romance options, and at the end of the game it forces you to choose which of the. Um... But what if you don't want to? You have to. <laughs> Wait, okay, no, no, no. What happened? No, no, no. I think there is an option on there to say I'm gonna hang out with my bro and say okay. oh, I don't know anything, but you know, Good. you have to choose. Yep. I think I think it's proper to choose. It's only fair. Yeah. But they put through all the work to build those relationships. (laughs) Granted, it was my fault for, like, you know, after being in a relationship with one girl, I ended up being in a relationship with four more girls. So then I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that because now I have this big, like, point being. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to hang out my bros. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so that'll be it for the first episode or podcast of Video Games in Mind. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, um, hopefully you tuned in for the whole thing. Cause yeah. It was a long. I wonder how long it actually is. It ended up being, but yeah. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> and um, we should have a say. I should have a saying. Now I got to come up with it. Something that I say at the end. That's just like. Uh, oh dear. Because like you know, extra credits has like uh, games matter or something nah, you know you know i don't think coming up with that kind of thing on the fly is probably the best thing no i know it's the only in mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> i mean we're doing this entire podcast on the fly so yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks I mean, for tuning in it's been very uh spur of the moment feeling. video games in mind and don't forget to keep us in mind we'll see you next time